0: Hello and welcome to the Mid-Max Show. I'm Ben Hansen, joined by Cereal
1: Vasquez. It's me. Jeff Marquifala. Hello. And
0: Kyle Hilliard. Hi. Fun fact, we actually just looped that. I copy and paste it from every previous episode of oh, the nice. podcast. Yes. He it's... had us
1: come into the studio for one day with all of our clothes, <laughs> and so we cycled through <laughs> a number of outfits, and now we can only wear those outfits. That's so. right.
0: Uh, but welcome to the show. Uh, we got a lot of fun things to talk about today. Good. Do you guys remember, like, 2013? Not well. The sights and the sounds, the smells, the, yeah. the vibes. What Game of the Year that year? That's how I timestamp things. Everybody knows that 2013 was Last of Us. Okay. Oh. No, it was 32. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, Anyways, we're going to go know. back in time and talk about the PlayStation 4 launch, the build-up to the PlayStation 4 launch, and how that might be informing the PlayStation 5 launch, right? Um, so there's a lot of stuff to unpack there because, uh, you know, last time PlayStation and Sony, they had a February event where they revealed... A lot of stuff about the PlayStation 4, and there's been rumblings and theories of like, oh, they're probably just gonna do that again in February. So now that we're right on the brink of February, let's Now's actually go back in time and take a look at this stuff. Um, but then we also have games to talk about, too. Uh, we're going to talk about Journey to the Savage Planet. A sci-fi comedy game Jeff and I have been playing. Um, Kentucky Road Zero, mm-hmm. which Zero's been playing. I think Kyle and I have been dabbling with, which is the opposite of what you want to do with Kentucky Route Zero. <laughs> um, and then we might touch on Disintegration, which is an upcoming shooter from one of the creators of Halo that uh, had a tech beta going on. So we played a little bit of that as well. And then some wonderful, wonderful community questions that people submitted on Patreon. Patreon.com slash so Max2N. Uh, check it out there if you want to make the show better, please. Also, uh, Chrono Trigger. We have the deepest dive rolling right now with Chrono Trigger, which is our community game club where we break that game down into chunks and go through it all in exhaustive detail. Um, We just posted the second discussion, which covers the middle section of Chrono Trigger. And the final one is going to be airing on February 12th. So you have a little bit of time, is what I'm saying, if you want to still catch up to where we're at in Chrono Trigger. We're waiting for the grand finale where we cover everything in the game, the endings, everything like that. So... If you've been hesitating or you say, like, oh, I can't catch up. They're moving too fast with the Corner Trigger Game Club discussion, jump on in. The water is fine. Now's a great time to do it. Um, Also turns out it's great to play that game. Yeah, it turns out that it's uh, one of the greatest RPGs ever made. I think that's correct. Um, So please join us. And also you can unlock the audio version if you support us on Patreon at the $5 tier. But otherwise, that discussion's over on YouTube if you want to check that out for free. No harm done either way. Okay, the PlayStation 4. What do you guys remember... From this era, building up to the PlayStation Four, what what stood out to you in like that two year buildup of anticipation?
2: I mean, for me, it was the Microsoft versus Sony element of that E three. Like that's the highlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's certainly yeah. more to it that I think we'll discuss. But like when I think back of the PS four launch, it's that video of Adam Boys handing a copy to, uh, I don't remember, who do you, who do you to hand Shoe. It To Shu. Shu, okay. Yeah, yeah. Of like, this is how you share games on PlayStation. Like, that was that was crazy. And that it's funny, like... too,
0: that in retrospect, everybody remembers that being in the press conference day three. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. That was just a bonus video that they shot yeah. super quick yeah. and then just uploaded on the YouTube channel. Because I was curious, because like that is like the defining moment in so many ways of this generation's console wars. We went back, looked at that video. It has 17 million views (laughs) on PlayStation's YouTube channel. Deserved,
1: frankly. That's like Vivo territory, man. Not many things get up
0: there. Yeah, Uh. yeah, movie clips territory. (laughs) Uh, And I was just curious. It's the fourth highest YouTube video on PlayStation's YouTube channel. What's the number one? Number one is a video just called PlayStation 4. And uh-huh. then it's just like a montage basically of that February event. <laughs> Who's got better SEO on
1: PlayStation than us, it's, huh? it's PlayStation crazy. 4 baby.
0: And then the God of War reveal mm-hmm. and then the Spider-Man trailer. The used games sharing video has more views than the revealed trailer for the Final Fantasy 7 remake. Wow. I'm just like this is nuts. And then this is so niche too. I know. Like we
2: love it, but like I'm surprised it'll bubble up to beyond like the, you know,
0: Because it was just such a good kickoff to the console wars. Like, everybody would share it. It's
1: funny. It's quick, right? Yeah. Um, It's, like, surprisingly petty from, like, a corporation that I think would usually, like, stand to, like, not communicate that way. So Yeah,
0: Yeah. and also, just out of comparison because I'm obsessed with YouTube, is I checked out the Xbox channel, the official YouTube channel. The highest viewed Xbox video is only 16 million. So it doesn't even hit that used uh, games sharing video. And what do you guys think it is? For the number one,
3: uh, it was how do we share used games on Xbox? Well, it's complicated.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then the Kudos Unoda uh, Bam clip that I'm sure they they singled out <laughs> to their channel.
0: They really uh, should. Yeah. yeah, just the cringe cut that's uploaded by the companies themselves. Oh, yeah. No, but the number one video is, is it Halo related? Throwing my real guess. No, it is not. Tomb Raider. No, it is Live from out. it's from nine, it's from nine months ago. <laughs> we all remember what came out nine months ago and got sixteen million views. Say it with me. The Minecraft, Minecraft village, village and, and Pillage village update. update. Yes. <laughs> yes.
2: Really? Yes. A Minecraft
0: update? Yep. Then wow. the reveal for the okay. uh, so funny. for the Xbox One X. Oh, sorry. Then S, then X, then PUBG trailer. And then the sixth highest video series, series wise? X? Yes. Okay. No, not series X, the One X. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Then the sixth highest. Uh, viewed video on Xbox's channel is the Halo Wars 2
3: reveal. Mm. Huh, is that weird? That's how desperate uh, people are for Halo stuff. Oh man. <laughs> I guess so. I'll never like,
2: forget a real quick story we were watching all that the the you know press conferences together and the Halo Wars trailer came on and I remember Cork joking like don't cut to gameplay. Whatever you do, do not cut to gameplay. Do not show Halo fans how this gameplay.
0: Yes. Yeah. I thought of Jeff Cork as well because oh, during too. the February. No, it was the E3 for 2013 when PlayStation was showing the David Cage Dark Sorcerer <laughs> tech demo. Because at the February reveal they just showed like the old man's face and they showed like the yeah. whole tech demo. And it was like, oh, Boil in trouble, like this. It's an like insane it was joke, right? The whole thing was, but like it was goofy. playing serious. And Jeff Cork, just hands, head in his hands, is watching this and just goes, What are you idiots doing? Which is <laughs> <laughs> my favorite comment about Sony at the time. But it's so weird. Before the February event, I went back and looked at like news stories, like okay, around this era now, but going back to the PlayStation 4, what were people saying about the PS4? What were the big rumors? Stuff like that. There were definitely rumors that it wouldn't play used games. That for was PS4. for PS4 okay, yeah. even. Yep. That was going back. And then according to a Kotaku story from March twenty twelve, there was the whole story about, oh it's gonna be called the PlayStation Orbis. That that's not right. actually a code name. That's gonna be like a weird companion to the Vita, which is the other weird thing of this entire era, is like how much Sony's pitching is like, ah, the ultimate PS4 companion, the PlayStation mm-hmm. Vita. We know how that turned out. But this was such a weird era because we were all at Game Informer. Not Surreal, I guess. No, I was but,
1: in the, the, the ether. That's
0: right. <laughs> we wasn't born yet. But uh, it was such a weird time, like, going on the cover story trip for stuff like Thief and Witcher 3, Wild Hunt and stuff, where we travel and visit these studios, and it was always just like, hey, what's this game going to
3: be released on? Like,
0: ah high-end PCs and whatever else is available <laughs> by the time
3: it comes out. is such weird. Yeah, it's just... such a bizarre thing to have a cover story that we're doing and you have that, like, platform bullet and it's like, TBD. <laughs>
0: but just read between the lines, yeah. you idiots. Obviously, this is going to be next-gen, but we just can't acknowledge it at this point and stuff like that. Um, going back to this era, too, I love those things where it's like, man, I haven't thought about this in seven years or more. Do you guys remember Epic's Samaritan demo?
2: It's like the demons and... So, yeah, it was like... Oh, wait, no, it's just... Sorry, you're going to explain it. Go ahead. Because there's the cyberpunk one, then there's like a demons one, right? Yes, this is the
0: more cyberpunk one where it looks like Blade Runner where it's like the guy and then he changes the texture of his face and he's like punching the cops Mm -hmm. and there's like robots and stuff. But it was them showing off back in 2011 how they imagined the next generation could look visually using Unreal Engine 3 at the time, which is strange. But that was such a big talker. It's like, oh, this Samaritan demo, this Samaritan demo. When back looked at it, it's like, yeah, not too far off from the generation. Not an unreasonable vision of how graphics would look. So good on them for yeah. nailing Being it. Being realistic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unrealistic, I would say. Oh. Jeff, and what else do you remember from this era before like the
3: big February event of just like the, the rumblings, the discussion? Yeah, I mean, I think most of the stuff that I remember was when we first started getting those details. And then it was it was when I was doing the research, I didn't realize how much how big a deal people made out of the PlayStation camera. And yeah. and like how that compares to the Kinect, you know, because I guess the Kinect hadn't failed miserably at that point. So it was like, how is Sony gonna counter and they have this camera and it has two lenses in it. For sure. But even before they reveal that, I mean there were a lot of rumors swirling
0: that like, oh, Sony's patenting some camera like mm-hmm. technology. It's gonna be bundled with it. They're gonna have a Connect based UI for the PlayStation Four, everything like that. Yeah. yeah. I remember some of the Connect
2: rumors we heard at the time were like tracking eyeballs and like your heart rate.
0: Well, it wasn't the like rumors. That. Like, that is what they announced with yeah, the next okay. generation for, on Xbox's side. It's like, oh, yeah, I can read your heart rate all right, which is Boy. absurd. But, yeah, it was such a weird era because everyone was so petrified about just mobile gaming and how much that was going to eat into the consoles and whether this would be the final console generation, whether mm-hmm. these consoles would get out of the gate. And now we see that they've just been something like Gangbusters. PS4 was one of the most successful consoles of all time, so it's just yeah. wild. But I was confused, too, looking back on the stats even. Because I always loved the PlayStation Three, but at least in the game former office, I felt like I was in the minority for being a PlayStation Three first person, um, and so it was always like, oh well, Sony, you know, PlayStation Three was a big misstep, and yes, there were definitely some some faults along the way, but.
2: Do you know that the PlayStation 3 eventually outsold the 360? Yeah, it like, got totally. there. Yeah. I, yep. I didn't know that. No.
0: Yeah, but in everybody's mind, it's like, all oh, 360 was just the champion, the generation by a mile. It got like, total sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even yeah, though... it really
3: caught up and passed it.
0: Yeah, I think 360 probably a better console overall.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think um, it was around like the, the slim that I think that narrative started to shift from like, oh, Sony totally bundled their launch kind of presentation and you know the ps3 being as expensive as it was and then i think around the slim everyone was like oh you know like this slim thing they changed the font it's not the spider man font anymore (laughs) infamous is out like we can start kind of
3: reversing that narrative and i mean it's also it ties into that international like sales where the xbox has always struggled so much that you know it took it took a long it took like the entire generation but the PS3 was selling everywhere, yeah. and so... I mean, Europe has up, always it, leaned it, to PlayStation yeah. generally, right? Yeah, and so yeah. it ended up surpassing it, but we still think of the 360 as, you know, like the console of that generation.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, then Because we're a, self-centered. That's exactly, to, yeah. Selfish, yeah. Uh, then there's a big reveal, the February 20th event, 2013. Very exciting. Palpable energy in the air, right? Everybody waiting to see what was going on. Andrew House came out, said, oh, it's a... Best place to play, the PlayStation 4. That's going to yeah. be a slogan there, that
1: you'll never forget. There's a couple of quotes here that I pulled from that. Uh, Please. Like, so here's Andrew House saying, like, the PlayStation 4 represents a significant shift from thinking of PlayStation as merely a box or a console to thinking of PlayStation as a leading authority on play. Which I... <laughs> okay. Did they deliver on that promise? I don't know. When I think playing... Play. I did play it a lot. Yeah. That's true. They are the authority on play, whatever <laughs> whatever that means. And then the the other uh, quote was from Mark Cerny, who comes on later in that same presentation, which is like this weird quote to hear now. But he said, our long-term vision is to reduce download times of digital titles to zero. If we know enough about you to predict the next game you'll purchase, then that game can be loaded and ready to go before you even click the buy button. 100%. It which is, is so weird.
0: And even at that event, too, yes, them trying to say their shop was going to be so great that they'll have it downloaded. But then it's bizarre, too, because they have uh, Dave Perry from Gaikai, mm-hmm. who they had purchased not too many years before, come out on stage and what eventually became PlayStation Now. You know, you can debate the success of PlayStation Now, but he came on stage and be like, oh, no, with the streaming technology, you can go right in the store and you don't have to download a demo or anything. You can just hit play yeah. and try it out right there. Like, yeah. There's so, uh, there so many little examples of, well... I guess technically in a way for some of these, for so many things that they were promising at yeah. the start of the last and generation. I,
3: I had quotes from that too because that's what stuck out to me that I, I hadn't remembered that that was part of the first pitch and it was because they had bought Guy Kai And yeah. so David Perry was coming out to kind of like bolster what Guy Kai was doing. And his quote was, you simply press the X button to hop in and start playing the game directly from the store. With Gaikai, you'll be able to instantly experience anything you want. <laughs> Definitely Jeez. not overselling. It, but it I, is. Yeah, God.
2: they spent so much time with Perry. Like, he took up a lot of stage time like, mm-hmm. to talk about that stuff. So was crazy.
0: Yeah, cool. and they were emphasizing so much, too. Like, oh, sharing is huge. And I remember there were those early rumors. I remember listening to, like, the 8.4 Play podcast back in that era, and they were so excited about the potential of a share button. Mm. And I was like, that would be so weird. Like, that is a bigger leap, I think, than we mm. realized looking yeah. back on it. Like, that was a crazy thing like, to include mm, that share button. Having a
2: hard drive that records your gameplay constantly, like, is – like, I if you go back and play a 360 game, like, I, I miss it. I actually do use it a lot. So Yeah? Yeah. 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 What do you use it for? Uh, Just to save – Clips like I I just I I have the the timer to share like down to like two minutes. So it's just like little things or if I want to tweet about something, like it always it's just like bugs me when people just take pictures of their TV. I'm like, it's all integrated. Like
0: you can get those screenshots, man. You
3: know? Yeah, we have
0: to share it to Facebook and make it private. I
3: don't really know how that works, to be honest with you. (laughs) It could Uh, be simpler for sure. Yeah. Uh, So along with that press conference, I have a quiz for you guys. They had apparently mentioned the five like tentpole things that the PlayStation 4 was oh, going to yeah, be yeah, all yeah. about, and these are like the special hot words. buzzwords. Yep. Um, Do you remember what social? They were? Right, social is one of okay.
1: them. <laughs> Hard drive. <laughs>
3: no. I
1: literally
0: watched this last night, and they were also such corporate yeah. BS. It's, it's like diff- play
3: one. No. no integration. Oh, yep. Yes, Sim- simple
2: yeah simple, so remember,
3: they were yeah. simple immediate social integrated personalized <laughs>
0: personalized which, which really
3: and and I guess that that is the takeaway that we should have had I guess like the main vision that they had and the selling point which seemed so integrated into the their gaikai purchase was that yeah if if there's a game man like you can go to that store you can play it instantly and and part of that pitch was you were playing the actual game not just a demo like you were supposed to be able to instantly jump into any game and play it for a little while to figure out if you wanted to buy it or not which there was another i didn't write down what article it was from uh which i I think it was on polygon but they kind of went back and talked to david perry about all that time and he was pretty critical about how sony just didn't like they they made all of these big claims, but they didn't follow through on it as much as he was hoping. And yeah. But he also was talking about how, like, the reaction that they got from publishers, and he had one quote from a publisher that was basically like, they flat out told him, like, David, we don't want them to play we don't want potential consumers to play the game. Like we can show them a trailer and it will do a better and like the direct quote was like, the game's actually not that good. But like we can show them in a trailer a better version than actually jumping into a game and so don't let them
0: get frustrated. Yeah. And so
3: I think there were there were a whole lot of problems with that vision beyond just like the streaming technology. Right, right.
0: Yeah, it's weird to think about Dave Perry. And just think about like the personnel at Sony back during this reveal and how completely different it's going to be with the PlayStation 5. Like, she will still get out there, I'm sure, which is great. Uh, and then Mark Cerny, he's been doing the Wired interviews. I hope that he's going to be front and center for the PlayStation 5 reveal. But that was, like, such a big surprise. Because I remember in 2013, yeah, I think it was, maybe 2012, when I went on the cover story for Fuse and visited Insomniac. I remember I was talking to Ted Price and he was talking about what a genius Mark Cerny was and all this stuff. And I remember asking him, he said, well, what is Mark Cerny doing now anyway? And the Price is like, Pfft you'll have to ask him that one. And it was one of those like, huh, what kind of top secret project is Mark Cerny doing? And then like with this February event and Mark Cerny comes on stage, like, I am the lead system architect for the PlayStation 4. It's like, oh my God, I'm so glad I asked that question. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's also weird because like this like as a as mostly a consumer at this point, like it felt like the first time that the conference wasn't entirely centered around horsepower. Um, because yeah. they they did have tech demos. Obviously, like Mac was like the like, hey, the word the particles was uttered, yeah. 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 <laughs> but and they 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 did talk about like you know he, here's all the hardware or whatever. But now like the ease of access thing, the streaming thing, it was definitely like they shift away from conven- from horsepower to convenience. Yeah. And like I remember one of Cerny's talking points was like, hey, we're switching back from the cell architecture, which I guess had been a pain in the ass for a lot of developers, uh, and like kind of made like building ports and stuff difficult to, Hey, we're on x86 the one that everyone else uses and now like ports will be easier and you know programming will be a lot easier and yes. as like mm-hmm. uh, it was weird for me to get excited but like hey like that was like the first acknowledgement of like the console is not just a consumer facing thing like it can help developers and the, yeah the way developers benefit also benefits you in a lot of ways and that was like the shift of like okay well these consoles are in a lot of ways going to present you the same games but through different ecosystems and that was like the the time when like you know how you experience games is is as important as like how the games look
0: yeah for sure that's a wild thing too is just like the opening of that february event was yeah mark cerny just courting devs mm-hmm. and just saying like hey basically we're just building a pc here this is going to be pretty easy yeah. but like we've consulted devs of course they have their splashy video of we put of them all in a white
2: room and talk to them <laughs> and talking about, about it. the
0: power of creativity and stuff and like it's funny to look at that now because like two of the leading voices they have and that's like well tim schaefer and to meme from Ninja Theory. it's like, well, they're both Microsoft employees now, no! so that's a little yeah, bit yeah, tricky. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a really interesting maneuver. And I think it was also maybe just dev relations-wise, they had some struggles on PlayStation th- 3 generation tech and otherwise, right? So a mm-hmm. like, get out on such a good footing with that. And then at E3, eventually going into like courting indie devs. I just feel like on a dev relations aspect, Sony was just on top of it at the launch of the PS4. And it's those little things... That I think really made a huge difference. I think Adam Boys as an early spokesperson is just like, oh, I get games. I play Destiny all the time. Like, it just felt like they did such a masterful job of communicating, and connecting to the average gamer, and then also they have this huge groundswell of internet hate towards the Xbox One yeah. to like rocket launch them into this atmosphere. Yeah. And
3: it's hard to tell, you know, like the chicken and egg scenario of like right. when that came because yes, Adam Boys was like the perfect. You couldn't ask for a better lead into that. So I don't know if if. They realized that, and then Adam Boys became a much larger figure yeah. you know, afterwards. But yeah, you couldn't – like it doesn't get better than your major competitor, competitor stumbling and making these seemingly anti-consumer decisions and getting so much flack for that that just absolutely opened the door for them to come out and be like, hey, consumers love us, devs love us, we're going to do what's best for everyone. And right. that's such an easy sell, and that that like – Won the generation before the generation was even out at yeah, that point. It's true. It's wild. Uh, as for
0: games shown at that February event, just to try and get some framework for how many games they showed, so we can maybe predict something with the PlayStation Five. Um, Knack was the first game they showed. Hmm. Now, is that
2: was that the first time we saw PS4 like gameplay or like, wasn't it Watch Dogs
1: like the first Mexican? Next, but that was but the, but it was it wasn't announced. It that wasn't was an E3 2012 where they showed Watch Dogs and it was right. kind
0: of that confusing thing or even like. You know, Star Wars 1313, there's a lot of things that were like wink-wink, probably yeah. next to philosophy, the Final Fantasy yeah. tech demo thing. Um, so there's a lot of wink-wink stuff probably next-gen. But I guess the first PlayStation 4 gameplay— That was officially PlayStation 4. Was Knack. Was that weird lore-heavy trailer. About, Starting with Jennifer Hale. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, in retrospect, I mean, even at the time, I think we were kind of like raising an eyebrow. Like, all right, this is, our first, this is our first PS4 thing. Okay, weird.
0: Why do you think Knack is so funny? Why do you think people like joking about Mac? Ah...
1: Because I think it was over, like, I think it was like it over promised a lot of things. Not necessarily from like, oh, it's going to be really ambitious, but that was pitched as like in the same way that I think launch titles were pitched at the time of like, hey, look at this tech. Yeah. This is uh, like ostensibly going to make the game better. And yeah. like it was like it wasn't a, like it was a mediocrely designed game overall, but it was like the, the game that everyone kind of latches onto where it's like, yeah, the number of particles you have in the, in the model doesn't matter. Like yeah. it, that, that ended up being like the least interesting part of that game. I think-
3: And also, have you seen the character (laughs) Nac? I was going to (laughs) say,
1: you (laughs) know what, that's a good point. Funny looking,
2: but it's it's like even like with the Gaikai stuff, they're like, we're going to be able to stream to Vita, and we brought a surprise for Mark Cerny, like to show off this tech. It was like Mark Cerny's kind of like ultimately sort of uh, limited kind of platformer. You know, it wasn't like this crazy tech showcase, right? Right.
3: Yeah, it, it's very confusing. There, I also have a quote on that that Shuhei did with Eurogamer when he was. It so it was after that event, I think Eurogamer got a chance to talk to them, but it was before they had shown actual hardware at that point and stuff. But he was he was kind of talking about the visions, and so he again said they were they were saying that the system would basically have no firmware updates or that they would just all go seamlessly in the background and his quote was if you have 1 hour of your time you want to spend 1 hour playing games which i feel like that that's that's another issue where it's like some of that is on publishers you know because yeah. there are just so many games that require updates now at this point that I've had plenty of times where it's like, well, I have one hour and I haven't played at all because it needed this update. And I think right. PlayStation still kicks you some system updates like that, too, depending on how often you have it on standby yeah. mode and stuff like that. But he also said, uh, you don't have to. And he was talking about this as like a forward thinking thing. So he, he was these aren't promises that he made. Yeah. But he said, you don't have to wait. For anything to play and you can use many different devices to play and communicate with other players. And you can instantly try many of the games on the store. So that that was – I had – They were pushing towards
0: like mobile and stuff yeah, like I, please interact and there. I,
3: I had forgotten that messaging too of like, well, not only is everything instant but you can play it anywhere. And that, that yeah. too was the Gaikai vision that Gaikai mm-hmm. had been kind of pitching people on this cloud gaming and – and game streaming before you know Sony had bought them, but then it it just kind of once they got it in house, they didn't push it as far as right. And it's weird
0: know. now, you know. There's rumors that oh, PlayStation Five will also have some streaming components similar to XCloud and Microsoft. Just weird how it seems like they'll reveal of this generation's basically let's just message those things from last
3: generation again, but kind of mean it more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, more. and now that now that Google Stadia is doing it, and that Xbox, you know, Microsoft is taking it more seriously, it's like. Sony's playing catch up when they were the ones that you know had this original vision but they just didn't follow yeah. it. Yeah, I
1: think knowing now the narrative was always like, "Hey, Microsoft was trying to pitch this like kind of ambitious, but also anti-consumer vision." Yeah, and Sony, meanwhile, like it, it feels like in hindsight, they were always pitching. They were like, no, we just want to make games the way you always remembered them, right? Yeah. But they they totally had this like forward like looking vision of like, oh yeah, yeah, like PlayStation is an ecosystem more than it is a console, which is sort of what Microsoft is pitching now. Uh, but they just kind of like scuttled all of that in the wake of Microsoft's failure. So like, or like you know that whole cur like fuffle about always online stuff yeah. and so like they just kind of very quickly pivoted to that approach but everyone remembers it like no that was what sony was always planning all along is just to give you the games you want right so it's right. like yeah. microsoft's like screw up kind of told them what the consumers wanted and they just kind of very quickly forgot about all of their forward-thinking stuff
0: right right and speaking also- of the past repeating wouldn't it be kind of fun if it if they did a big February reveal for the PlayStation 5 and then they just got Media Molecule to go out there again and just do the exact same Dreams demo because technically <laughs> the, the game yeah, is not out. Oh, yep. <laughs> then, like, it's so weird watching that Media Molecule demo. Yeah, they're just like doing, banging on the instruments all that stuff and it, they're all about sculpting and quote recording your dreams because the game or the project didn't have a name or anything but they mm-hmm. said that the goal was to let you record your dreams and they used that a couple times. It's, it is wild mm-hmm. that it's been an entire generation. I know yeah. they released Tearaway on PS4 yada 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 but still, like that's crazy. That's that they could almost do that again for now the next generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hope they do. I hope there's a good ready-to-go PlayStation 5 version. But obviously PS5 is backwards compatible, so it wouldn't need to be even if they yeah. don't get it out in time. Yeah. Um the uh the other weird thing from the reveal is they brought Ono from Capcom up on stage to talk tech, and he talked about Capcom building out the Pantaray engine, which Eventually died on the vine. It's confusing because everybody's fallen in love with the RE engine, but this seems like it was a separate engine they were building internally. And the big tech demo they're showing with it was Deep Down. Yeah, which, remember when Deep oh, Down came yeah. out
1: and everyone enjoyed it and, and it was a real game that came out? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we all clearly remember yeah. that. So. It is. We're looking at that trailer again. It's like, it
0: looks awesome. They eventually reveal it was going to be free to play, so it's kind of like a weird free to play yeah.
3: and like Dark procedurally Souls generated dungeon stuff. Going it seemed on there very
0: or? confusing, and there's text on the screen for the reveal of Deep Down, and It says, "Conquer your fear or die a coward, or just never right pursuing."
2: I guess, I guess they game that a, a coward, yeah, and they but just the,
1: said, "Screw it, we'll just make Monster Hunter instead," <laughs> which honestly. Good call. Good
0: move. Uh, People still want deep down. Uh, Maybe it could come back for the PS5. But then, remember that weird teaser at the end of that first trailer where it was like a message from Blanca being like, Help me, Ono, come in my game and help me. And it was like a. So there were like hints that people were thinking that maybe there was like a sci fi element, like an Assassin's Creed style thing. And there was kind of like a sci fi layer. Too deep down. Yeah. Yeah, And there was (laughs) going to be some weird messaging thing. But maybe that, that was just them trying to harness what. Sony was going for at well, the time the of being more stuff. social, yeah. like, oh, take the controller from somebody else and play their game yeah. for yeah. them while they stream on Ustream and all that stuff. It was Blanca, you said?
1: Yeah, Blanca actually has that message. little uh, toy that he always brings with him. Oh, okay. So, uh, yes. I was going
2: to say, were they trying to establish fiction for why he didn't appear at the launch of Street Fighter Five? Oh, like He was yeah. off trapped he's somewhere deep that down. Oh, no, he's he's still get... stuck
0: in deep down <laughs> 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 I mean the other
2: the other thing that cerny sort of hammered on was um like the sh- like what you mentioned like like the screen sharing you know like yeah. being able to like dive into someone else's game and play like that is a feature that i i assumed was coming after launch and just like never surfaced but i guess it's been there like all along and like we i think the first time i heard about it like like being used practically was like co-oping Lego Lego games right is like that's how people would co-op Lego oh, games Oh that's right yeah and yeah, i yeah. was like and that's like the only thing that I've ever heard anyone take advantage of it or use it like I don't know if there yeah. was a lesson there of like people don't want to do that or they just didn't surface it enough or make it like an enticing feature I, I mean don't like I think
0: people want to do that I just mm-hmm. don't I, like,
2: I don't I wouldn't want to invite somebody to take over my game I don't yeah. want to take over someone else's game either yeah. you know like I don't know it's it's a weird feature that was like in the highlight reel that like just never happened I mean right. maybe it did but no one cared well you know? I think you guys to exactly tell it. you
1: about the special 24-hour streams huh? where we uh, <laughs> are gonna have you taking over someone else's game for 24 <laughs> oh, <no>. hours <laughs> yeah. and
0: Okay. Uh, here's another phrase that I haven't thought about for seven years. Drive Club PS Plus Edition. <laughs> Remember that whole thing? Like they revealed yeah. Drive Club at the February event, and then in E3 they revealed they would have the PlayStation Plus Edition, which was a stripped-down right. edition, eventually did come out and it was such a weird deal. But then also I forgot that they revealed Infamous Second Son, at the february event remember they had nate fox come out yeah everyone made fun of him because he's a super funny guy like one of the funniest developers i've ever met but then at the event he came out and he was so serious and he came out and he's like several years ago i was tear gassed by the police for my beliefs you know just (laughs) railed against him for being such a douchebag talking about how he was tear gassed i don't remember
2: the only thing i remember is like the 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 scene of uh the protagonist from Infinite, like doing that like the camera, like jumping up into the air, and like the camera being overhead, and I was just yeah. like, "Whoa!" And, like that felt next gen to me at the time. you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Do you remember the protagonist's name? I don't, which is embarrassing because I really love that game. Delson
0: Rowe. Delson Rowe. I only really know that because they went yeah. on the cover story yeah. trip and spent a lot of time thinking about sucker punch. I remember and... Cole Cole McGrath. Is that yeah, right? that's yeah. right. Yeah,
1: there we go. See, I love off road think racer it's Cole McGrath. I'm number one fan.
0: And that was a very weird cover story trip too, because the way it was pitched. This is coming from PR, so you never know, but. It was such a huge deal because we are on the cover story trip before the PS4 came out, obviously. And it was like, okay, you get to play Infamous Second Son on a PlayStation 4. And then there were like so many people there that were only there because of the hardware. And they actually handed me like a prototype PS4 controller. And they said, you were the first member of the press to play with a PS4 controller. That's cool. I'm sure they told a and lot of people And you cried that. the entire time. Yeah, I was right? like, oh, okay, cool. And just like the D-pad was like a little bit different. It was like a little bit chunkier. I think photos eventually came online where they showed like some of those early prototype PS4 yeah. controllers but that was important to me because yeah. I think it was it I'm was my birthday and so that's why they gave it to me over <laughs> the people who were actually writing the story which is great. Would you say sweet. that back
1: then you were a prototype? Cool. I think that's right man. Mm-hmm. I haven't reached my final Damn, form you're yet. You're
2: thinking of the game that competed with Infamous. Yeah. <laughs> now now, now I much <laughs> I've here. never thought about that game. i never thought <laughs> about that game.
0: And then uh, the weird thing at that the, Reveal is Blizzard came out too, like Chris Metzen, and they revealed that Diablo Three is going to be coming to PS3 and PS4, yeah. which is the weird deal. And then like more teases of uh, Destiny and all that fun stuff. And then E3, yeah, that was the juggernaut head to head. PlayStation's press conference happening later after Microsoft, and then they reveal that yeah, you can play used games, you don't have to be always online, and it's going to be hundred dollars cheaper. It's going to launch at four hundred dollars. And just I went back and watched that press conference again, and like that crowd. I mean that has to be lost the highlight its- of yeah. Jack Trenton's life, just being able to sit back and be like, "All right, everyone will just cheer for a yeah. minute yeah. straight." Yeah, because there it's- was also
1: a bunch of like games. Like I remember, wasn't Kingdom Hearts three there? So it was, it was like this weird compounding energy of like, here is all this other exciting things on top of the like the the hey like the, the the screw you to Microsoft basically. Like I remember that was like a thing where people came out of that going like people lost their minds. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they revealed like the Order eighteen
0: eighty six, E three twenty thirteen, uh, transistor. Outlast, which is weird. Final Fantasy Versus 13 became 15. <laughs> there was, uh, there was a, and, like the big demo for Destiny mm-hmm. in there, too. There was a Resetera thread, by the way, the other day that just said, so is Versus 13 coming out or not? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: just do like, a little bit just now. What if they yeah, just entirely? now for PlayStation
1: 5 announced <laughs> yeah. the
2: return of Final Fantasy oh, Versus 13? That'd be
0: stunning. That'd be amazing. Uh, you guys want to do a little trivia? Yeah, uh, At the launch uh, no, of the PlayStation 4, There were 23 games.
1: Oh, I have this list as well. Okay. Well, then you're out of it. Just these two. Just these two.
0: See how many you can guess of the 23. The launch PS4 games. Killzone? Killzone Shadowfall. Correct. Wait, so they have to guess all of them? Yes. Knack?
2: Knack. Knack. Well done.
0: um, That's it?
2: The arcade game. Crap. Can you help me?
3: Watch Dogs.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Watch Dogs
2: was Was not at launch.
3: Dang it. Um, the arcade game? Kyle's right. Yeah. <laughs> the Resogun. Rezogun. No. Rezo
2: yes, gun. Rezo Rezo gun. Gun. Oh, Way to go. Right. Correct. right. Uh, there's a, a Mousecraft.
0: Mouse. Mice. No. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. You're just making up names
2: of games.
1: I can tell why you do all these trivia stuff. It's really fun to have all the knowledge that other people are trying to get. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a
2: weird. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> Second Son, that was, was going to be launched. It eventually was, got delayed. Okay. Um, yeah. Deep down, of course. What uh, about um,
0: indie stuff? Yeah, that's where was, I was getting There's a There's a game going. from a studio that was later purchased by Microsoft. Compulsion Games. Remember Contrast? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Really? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was the earliest indication of like, oh, it's a good thing I didn't buy this game because now it's on PlayStation Plus. <laughs> it was on
0: there so fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Uh okay so how Think many do we third have to
0: party <laughs> Think about third party standard 2013 uh, Call, of, Call of
3: Duty yeah. uh, which one You got to say which one though Black Ops No No Ghost. none of those Ghost Warfare Ghosts yeah.
1: There we go yeah.
0: Correct Played that sucker
3: Jeff, I'm that was a, is that your review? Uh, I <laughs> played it. Assassin's Creed Black Flag. There we go. Yeah, nice. And that
0: was the weird thing where if you had the PS3 version, you could put it in the PS4 and then upgrade it for an extra $10. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was so insane. You put a PS3 yeah. disc
1: in the PS4. Uh, they're, they're not going to do that this time, right? They're just It's just going it to be backwards be, compatible. No. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I have to But imagine. then there might
0: be like, do you want to unlock the 4K oh, version? You, you download you download the tec- 8K
1: texture pack for And they charge 20, you for it? Yeah. I can see that.
3: It's just going to be they're just gonna be like hey just buy it digitally right could be and then get whatever whatever version Tomb
1: Raider
0: no No. there was a port there was a port of a early PS3 game early to mid PS3 game beloved I would say I forget the name of the studio it's that one that uh that game God of War that game company (laughs) oh Journey no Flower oh
2: Flower yeah Um, okay I'm tapped I think
0: uh Okay, think about more standard. What are the standard releases every year? So there's, there's a, was Drive Club there? There's racing.
2: Right? Nope. There's always got to be racing. Uh, is Madden, Madden is racing. FIFA. Madden. Okay, there no FIFA, FIFA,
0: NBA. Uh, yes, you got okay. it. You got it. Okay. Uh,
1: what about, uh, oh, there is racing, as Serial mentioned. There is racing. You remember
0: what racing game was there? Racing the game launch? from
1: 2013. Series of, had a lot of releases around that time. And doesn't have as many anymore. I mean, there wasn't Need a Gran for Turismo. Speed.
0: Yes. Need for Speed. Most Wanted. Nope. Unwanted. Rivals, oh, everybody. No. Rivals. Favorite. Okay, let's see. We can get all these. Um, what about them? Um, I don't think we can get all of them. There are, two DC, no way they there are these. two DC games. Oh, DC Universe Online? Yep. Right. Okay. Yep. Two DC games? Yep. Uh,
2: was there an Arkham no. City port? No? Okay, I don't think so.
1: Serial's a fan dota (laughs) dc dota that's right although there was literally a dc moba called infinite crisis injustice
0: Injustice, gods among us way to go ultimate edition correct Mm. Uh, let's see there is a standard from ubisoft releases every year just dance yes just dance 2014 sure one of the first oh my god switch games announced right (laughs) these are getting hard there is a ps3 game that's indie um the level with beck made me cry oh uh, sound shapes sound shapes port was there at launch correct um there's an ea game ea
3: shooter was there at launch battlefield uh battlefield let's see four
0: yes there we go
3: good job
0: uh, Kyle, there is a game that you should know kay. was here at launch. I believe your wife is in the credits of this game. Oh, uh, well, Angry Birds Star Wars. There it is. Angry but Birds her, Star Wars. Her
2: credit is she did some testing on the Vita version.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah, so I don't <laughs> think she's still. in the field. But yeah, no, no that's a good clue. Good clue. Okay, great. Uh, as everybody knows, there Angry was. Angry Birds <laughs>
2: Star Wars launch
0: time there. There was Skylanders Swap Force. Uh, we, yeah,
2: that was my next guess.
0: Okay, there is. These are impossible. Blacklight Retribution. Mm hmm.
1: Trine 2, Complete Story. Which is funny because they call it Complete Story, but then two more Trine games <laughs> came out after that. I always thought it was Trine. It's trying, huh? Then it's trying. Super
0: Motherlode, and the last game that was there at launch, one of the biggest games in the world now, and we all said, yeah, well, we might try it. It's a free-to-play game at the launch of the PS4.
2: Free-to-play. Oh, uh, oh uh, Warframe. There it is. Yeah. Way Gosh. to go. There was... Man, I reviewed a launch game that was like a puzzle game where you played as mice. And I, unless Is it, it
0: that must be Super Motherload?
1: Oh uh, man, no. I don't I don't think yeah. so. So, th- one thing you guys kept mentioning like games that ended up getting delayed and I w- I watched the the launch trailer for the the PS4 uh and I'm looking for the list here, but they yeah. they had a bunch of games that ended up not coming out until way later. Like they had Metal Gear Solid 5, oh, they wow. had The Witcher 3: Deep Down, they had Watch Dogs infamous and destiny all of which did not come out until the following year right so and i that makes me think about like what is the ps5 launch trailer going to look like because either a bunch of stuff is going to have to get delayed or there are going to be a ton of announcements that aren't going to come until like way off in the future like this year uh which is going to be interesting to see because otherwise like i can't imagine that the ps5 launch like there's not a whole lot there right now that we know for sure do you think it's going to be a lot of cross gen stuff I I would imagine, like, I don't think there's, yeah, I I think to speak to that, I think that there's going to be a lot of games that they're just going to say, like, hey, the game that you already want, like Cyberpunk, Mm -hmm. you can play it on PS5, your PS4 copy on PS5, and it'll run better. It'll be something like that, where they'll say, like, hey, you'll you'll already have access to all of these amazing games, including, you know, Cyberpunk, Avengers. Doom Eternal. Yeah, I think they'll lean into that a lot more than, like. Here's a next gen version of this game. I don't think they'll, I don't think there are going to be as many like PS5 ports as there were for last gen. I think the uh, the cell will be your all your old games will just come in, especially with like the number of live service games like Fortnite. You, you know, mm-hmm. you're not you're not going to have to start over on Fortnite. Like they'll just have a, it'll just work, right? Yeah. Uh,
0: an interview here with Business Insider in Japan, uh, Sony's president uh, Jim Ryan said that the biggest and, quote, more unique features of the upcoming PlayStation 5 console have yet to be revealed. Hmm. What's your best guess? I mean, there's, there are rumors that it's going to be fully backwards compatible. there Is was that a rumor? Patent, I think there was a patent a while ago. I thought that was
2: in the Wired article.
0: No. Okay. No, right. in the Wired article it says it's backwards compatible to PS4, but that you have it oh, running okay. PS, PlayStation 1, 2, and 3 games. Gotcha. Okay, okay. I think, I think that's probably in there, right? Yeah. That would be such That'd
2: another be just memory like,
1: card slot.
0: <laughs> oh my god just
1: like, to break what?
2: out i have a like a for my ps3 there's a usb mm-hmm. to memory card yeah bar, so i gotta break that thing out see if i still have that.
0: about it do you think that could be referring to something else besides that in terms of like the bigger more unique features you'll finally be able to turn off that light bar
1: <laughs> i mean i that's don't a, even think the a, controller a, will have a light bar because in the I mean, Wired
0: article like they were handed uh Controller, the prototype controller, and it, they said it looks identical. Well, the D pad was a little
2: chunky, and the author noted that it was his birthday. <laughs> that's it, it, right, yeah. Mm. But uh, it was pretty lovely. much just a PlayStation
0: 4 <laughs> controller, except they said there was like something that looked like a mic. Okay, uh, but this was like a
2: prototype PlayStation 5. Yeah, because I but. mean, if they wanted to be backwards compatible, like they want to maintain the touchpad and stuff, so, 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 so then everyone can play Days Gone as it was intended. But mm. at the, then
0: I, I would love for them to shake it up and then yeah, just have it be a thing where it's like you can still use. The DualShock Four for the backwards compatible games. Yeah, that Yeah, because I
1: like the reason that light bar was even there was because they I think they had bigger plans for you know camera like PS camera yep. integration and the idea was that you were it helped it could, yeah. yeah it could follow the controller. Yeah, better. I mean they
0: said in the reveal in February like oh the controller and the light bar is designed in tandem with the PlayStation Eye. Yeah. yeah, so and and they if also they don't said have it with that
1: functionality then why would they have a a light bar uh, on that thing again? They also, well, be, yeah because they're gonna have VR again, mm-hmm.
0: most likely, That's for the true. PlayStation 5, so uh, maybe yeah. they want to connect it to that in some
3: way. Yeah,
0: so unique features, realistic ones.
3: There's uh, going to be an algorithm that will download the games before you buy them. And charge <laughs> you for them. That, that was such a preposterous idea of, right. like, I'm just going to be down... I'm I'm My console's just going to download a 100-gigabyte game for me because Ugh. it thinks I'm going to like it. Yeah. yeah. I played one Call of Duty and now, every November, my... Uh. You wanted this, right? Yeah.
2: (laughs) One of the other man. One of the big failures of this generation, not Sony, is that idea of downloading, starting to be able to play a game before you finish downloading it. Like I Mm -hmm. like that conceptually. Like Mm -hmm. let me play the first hour of the game while it finishes downloading. But like it, that that sort of amount of gameplay you get before it finishes downloading has just been consistently awful and just mm-hmm. like useless and pointless. And in many cases, like like if you don't let like, Call of Duty finish downloading all the way, like the textures are not fully downloaded and it looks like crap. Like there's just no one was excited to take advantage of that. Yeah. Like it just, I, like, it. There was ideally I like it. Like let me play the first level while I'm waiting for it to download, but no one uses yeah. it that way. Mm-hmm. It's just it's ridiculous.
1: I, I imagine they could do something similar where you just stream the game while it's waiting to download, but I don't think oh, that, That'd be kinda interesting. That one, yeah. I don't yeah. think that'll end. Yeah. Up I do happening. it does come into handy. It was
0: like, okay, I just want to download the multiplayer version or the multiplayer portion of Call of Duty and stuff. Like that's, that's about, where it does that's, come in handy. Yeah,
2: ch- choosing I mean, but that's like the only example I can think of with Call of Duty is right. like where it was like smart and well and, because like the worst for me was like GTA. Like mm-hmm. five, it was like I was like, oh, maybe I can play the prologue. That would be cool. But all it does is when it finishes down, you can start playing. Is it kicks you to the system's like internal like installation. Like so, you get to go from one status bar to a second status bar. It's just like so stupid. Yeah, yeah, very bizarre.
0: Yeah. Um, let's see other things. Mark Sterni's fallen back into his old role here, promising a lot. Mm-hmm. So in the Wired article, he said even though it'll be fairly fast to boot games on the PlayStation Five, we don't want the players to have to boot the game, see what's up, boot the game. Oh. Multiplayer game servers will provide the console with a set of joinable activities in real time. Single player games will provide information like what missions you could do and what rewards you might receive for completing them. Then all of their choices will be visible in the UI. As a player, you just jump into whatever you like. Just this the idea of like in the PlayStation 5 UI, you'll be able to see where, where other people are at better and instead of going to the game, going to multiplayer, then to join. Just to be able to join right from the main menu. Hmm. Which, sure, that seems cool. Like I remember I think Gamescom 2013 is where they first revealed the UI for the PlayStation 4 It was like shoe on stage just going through it and it looks so snappy and so great and I think this is also across both consoles but they've just chugged more and more and now it's like I I still have the launch PS4 Hmm. and that thing takes a while just to do basic things around the UI it's such a bummer to see like I guess the lesson here is take everything with a grain of salt everything you see about the PlayStation 5 I'm sure a large portion of it will not exactly be as promised um other things, PlayStation 5, you know, 100-gigabyte Blu-ray disc compared to 50 gigs for PS4. Yeah, and I remember that that
3: 100 what? 100 gigs for PS5.
2: I'm sorry, for the discs A, that yeah. the PS5 Oh, oh
3: I, I thought you were talking about hard drive, and you got me very confused. Oh <laughs> But definitely. I, I so, was so going to say, I remember yeah. back with the PS4, that was like, everyone... Was super excited about the you know all of the technical specs because there was a lot of talk in the rumors leading up to. With there were a lot of developers saying it has to have this much RAM and it, you know it has to have do these things and it mostly met those except I remember. The hard drive was the one early sticking point where everyone was like, 500 gigabytes, like that's not going to be enough. Right. And it did not take long. You know, within like that first year, everyone was like, yeah, we're going to have to upgrade our hard drives because there's that's just not enough space at this point.
0: Yeah. It's like, it, there's no way I could have multiple Call of Duty games installed on my PlayStation no. 4 at this point. It's just brutal. I, I haven't upgraded my hard drive. Really? It's really just like I can have like three two games somewhere around there on my hard drive at any point yeah it's just become absurd right yeah. um but upping up the actual storage on the blu-ray disc for next generation i think it's really interesting because i think quietly this generation developers have been struggling so much with just getting that stuff on that disc i remember visiting naughty dog for the internet for cover story trip and they were like Honestly, we have no idea how this is going to fit on a Blu-ray disc. Like, we'll figure it out later. We'll figure it out later. But, like, right now it seems inconceivable to cram it down to 50 gigs. Yeah, yeah. Even still, I mean, it's still going to be a problem,
2: you know, because games are just going to balloon and get bigger. So even if they double the size of the dit, like, we're already, like, way beyond the size of, yeah. you know.
1: Red Dead's already, like, over 100 gigs anyway. Yeah, right? multiple
0: discs, yeah, for sure. Um, I think one of the most insightful things I've ever seen about just developing games on a tech basis and trying to cram things down onto a Blu-ray is at GDC last year, there's a video which is public on YouTube. Now that's called Marvel Spider-Man, a technical Mm. Postmortem. search that search for GDC, but it's with like the tech lead at insomniac. And he's talking about just the process of trying to get all the data to fit on a Blu-ray and what a nightmare it is, but then also just trying to get that to stream uh, going through the city and just like all the tricks they had to pull and stuff like that, um, which is, Interesting then, considering with the PlayStation 5, and when Wired got to see it, that Mark Cerny's been demoing Spider Man and just showing the solid state drive and how much faster load times are on this, which is exciting. One of those things, like, yeah, but we'll see how the actual games load when they're designed for the PlayStation 5. Yeah. Like, towards mm-hmm. the end of the generation, I don't think loading times are going to be gone immediately. It's just, you know, it's going to be like playing on a PC. It's great. Yeah. Um, let's see. Other stuff about PS5 you guys are excited about? Haptics controller. Do you care at all about that?
4: Yeah, it's-
1: I exactly. guess we'll have to see. Like, that feels yeah. like the functionality that will be there, but not super well used if the other yeah, consoles like, don't like use it.
2: 3D rumble or the triggers on the back of the Xbox One controller. Like, right. Interesting, but we'll we'll see if it actually has a, is a factor at any point, you know.
0: Yeah. So they showed off, like, uh, GT Sport, except running on a PS5 for the wired folks. I mean, is it just a given that we're going to see the next Gran Turismo at launch? No. I don't think you so. You wouldn't bet
1: on so. that? No. Uh, those games... It's been It'll a be while. 10 years, though. Yeah. I mean, GT Sport was pretty recent, though, right? God, I bet GT Sport's like 2014.
0: What do you think? It was a little
1: mm. more recent, but...
0: I of know. course. 17. It's exactly that. 2017. <laughs> <laughs> I think
2: whatever is next for Gran Turismo is probably pretty still far away. Do you think? Yeah.
0: God. Maybe they just want to have an upgraded version of GT Sport, I though. I feel
2: like that franchise is sort of... Uh, diminished. I don't know if it's Forza like sort of competing with it or what, but like I, I feel like it's just the sport, release times. Yeah, I, I mean, but I just feel like no one really cared about sport when it came out. You yeah. know? like it wasn't an exciting like oh new Gran Turismo. It was you know just oh that new Gran
3: Turismo. What if know?
0: it was GT Sport PS Plus Edition? Oh, for the PlayStation
3: Five, wow. not too shabby. Well, that that was another that was another talker. I think at E3 when they announced that you had to have PS Plus for. PlayStation 4 right. online stuff and people yeah. and I think there was so much goodwill at that point people were like well yeah it was inevitable 100%, sooner or yeah. later yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but then it, is that when they first announced that you were getting free games as well every month I, I think, think that, so uh, oh.
1: maybe it was already in place with the PS3 but or did Ooh, they start at this thing. point
2: It was, because it was the E3 when Twisted Metal PS3 was announced. They announced PS Plus, and that was part of the deal, is you got free games. Ah, Mm -hmm. there it is. Gotcha.
0: Sweet. Um, It's going to be exciting. Hopefully there's a February event. I hope it's big. I hope it's not just a state of play thing. I hope they actually have Jim Ryan going out on stage, giving the full presentation. I mean, I will say, I think it will be,
2: because like, going back and finding the archive of the stream, it was like two hours. Yeah. I think whatever, if there were to be another event, I think it'll be a lot shorter. I think they will spend less time on the tech details. I think getting that Wired article out there, like I feel like that sort of Takes care of that. Because, I mean, even listening to, like, Cerny talk about teraflops so my eyes were kind of glazing over. Like, I just don't think that that's – for, like, you know, this event they want it to be, like, for the masses. Yeah. You know, so I think it will focus a lot more on just, like, less techie talk, you know, because you can go I track I... down those details if you want them. But I think it will just, like, push on games more, you I know? bet
0: it will be techie talk kind of – high, pie in the sky type of stuff and then around E three they'll do the games. But sign. don't you think we already think know
2: those techie talk details? I mean the not like not enough, those, I don't think the exciting things of like you know, those Wired articles, I feel like, took the place of what was Cerny's
1: opening monologue for the PS4. Event.
0: I think they'll just repeat that.
1: Yeah. 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 I, I think they'll, I don't think they'll go into specifics. I think they'll talk about, like, hey, this is our strongest console ever. And they'll have a video of, like, you know, developers saying, like, oh, I love developing for PS5. It's so much more powerful than, uh, like, I don't think they'll talk about, like, hey, it's got, this is the. This is how much RAM we have. This is, like, I, yeah, all I the Yeah, I
3: think there'll be fewer numbers, I think. I think yeah. they're, you know? they will have the one slideshow screen that has those bullet points. Yeah. And they'll, yeah. they'll say, techno, bible blah, 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 blah. And this is what it does. This is why it's opening the world of the future. And, right, right. And they'll show how fast Spider-Man loans or whatever and... Yes, but I go. think they will lean into By that now.
1: stuff, but I think it's going to be less about, like, how much more powerful than the last generation is this? Because I think, like, we are, again, shifting away from, like, horsepower to features, and I think they'll focus yeah. more on, like, here's how PS5, like, ostensibly makes your life better, right? Yeah. Like, they'll, they'll talk about, like, hey, all your games are coming forward, you have a solid-state drive now, you know, the internet's better somehow, I don't know, like, <laughs> you know, whatever. You're, Playing you on your Vita will actually game. work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they'll mention the Vita, maybe.
3: Yeah, that seems like a sure And they'll bit.
2: just look into, the, they'll look into the camera and say, Kyle, this is for you, the only person who's still Everybody's has their Vita S- <S- consistently charged. Come
3: Kyle, listen to me. Everyone
0: stop listening, Kyle, the Vita you'll be able to use this time. Jeff Marquifava, you've been playing Journey to
3: the Savage Planet? What a transition! Yeah, I'm about... A third of the way through. Oh, is that right? Point? Yep. So this game is like a, a thirty
0: dollar game, forty dollar game. I believe it's like cheaper. But set this thing up. How would you describe Journey to the Savage Planet?
3: I would describe it as a funny No Man's Sky that yes. where all of the content has actually been developed purposely.
0: Yes, a curated (laughs) little
3: experience. You can play co op if you want, but it feels it's it's one planet. It's well, I mean, we shouldn't even say planet, but they they there are a bunch of different locations that you go to, but each one is built purposely. It's a lot of crafting and exploration. You are you are scanning all the different animals and stuff that you come across. Yeah. But then it's also puzzly as well. And so you're unlocking different abilities and stuff that will help you get to different areas.
0: Yeah, there were moments playing it last night, Connor, I was like, it's not... I was like, it's a little Metroid Prime. Just like slowly exploring like this alien okay. world and realizing like, okay, I don't have this ability yet, but eventually I'll, I'll be mm-hmm. able to there craft something dash. to eventually get over there. So what
2: you're telling me is I, there would, is a side dash. I will mm-hmm. like this and I should play
0: it. I think you will like it. Yeah, okay. I, I'm having a good time with it right. so far. I just, I'm maybe like an hour and a half in, but uh, what do you think of it, Jeff? And Do you like uh, it? Yeah,
3: I've I've been surprised by how much I do like it. And it, it feels like one of those early games that people should be Paying attention to, especially now when there aren't as many games coming out, but I was I was surprised that it it doesn't feel that indie to me, like like the yeah. production values are better than I than I would have expected. Right. It, it, so it's
0: developed by Typhoon Studios, who uh, we know from Alex Hutchinson, who's the creative director. He's the creative director. I mean, he's a lead designer on Spore, which kind of shows in some of those alien mm-hmm. designs. Maybe I'm sure he thought of that as well. Um, but then he's a the creative director for Assassin's Creed Three, Far Cry Four. And then he was working on the Pioneer project at Ubisoft, that sci-fi game that was eventually canceled, which is then very funny because then at the very start of this game, they say, thank you for joining the Pioneer program, <laughs> like the big <laughs> announcer, a little cheeky nod to that. Uh, but then it's published by 505, which 505 has been on a solid streak re- recently with like bloodstained and control. Yeah. And then like they're even publishing Death Stranding on PC. It's like, hey, way to go, 505. And did Indivisible too, right? It's yeah. Solid is end. that right? Yeah. yeah. Well done. Um, but, yeah, I agree. Like, it, it definitely is not as cheap as I was expecting, which is a bad sign. And just, like, the movement, I think. I saw some reviews complaining about the
3: shooting, but it's like, oh, it seems I, fine. Yeah, I I think it, it feels good. Yeah, Like, every time I shoot something or, you know, like crystal structures and they explode and stuff, that feels good to me. Yeah. But I think they they the game does a good job of just giving you a bunch of tools that you then have to figure out how to use and do different things. And so there there are certain doors that are basically just like a giant mouth with like a fan yeah. that goes around and there are these little chicken enemies. They're basically porgs on the planet. Yeah. yeah. And and so you were there are times where it's like okay, well, this one is up in the air though. So how do I you know and I'll I'll bait an enemy over, and then you have these little spores that will create kind of a bouncy pad. So you have to figure out how you're going to get him up there and kind of unlock different areas through that kind of stuff. And it's all very goofy humor, which mostly works for me. I I think there is actually some smart writing in there with your kind of – you have an AI – dialogue companion with you. She's basically Janet from Good Place. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, very similar to that. And I I do like that kind of humor. I like kind of the goofy enemy design and stuff like that it's more cartoony even when you start it's like okay it's a colorful world but i don't think i got the cartoony vibe and then every time there's any like
0: first person animation it's like oh this is just looney tunes animation Mm -hmm. at this point like i keep being surprised by how cartoony it goes yeah
3: the the, once you go back to your kind of home base there you know you had mentioned there's you're working for a corporation and so that aspect of the humor doesn't work as much for me because it's kind of like over the top Stupid corporation things that corporations do, and I which feel like we
0: also just played a big yes, sci-fi game called out We've of so yeah.
3: much of that recently, <laughs> which you know isn't isn't their fault that yeah. they came out so close together. But that's kind of I kind of hem and ha my way through some of the video clips that go along with that, which they have live-action video clips, a lot the, of like fake commercials. Yeah, right. Kyle,
2: I think you'll like it. That sounds yeah. cool. Is the co-op uh, local? Is it split screen? No, it's not. it's not. Okay,
0: sorry to bum mm-hmm. you out. I was also bummed by that. Yeah, no, I
2: uh you guys have sold me. I want to play
0: it.
3: Great. Yeah, and I've been surprised, like, I played through the first big area, I mean, it seemed very huge, and then I went through a warp tunnel, and it brought me to another entire, what seems like is going to be a very big area, but yeah. it is, there. you know, like, all of the areas in one of the larger areas, they're all connected, and so you can figure out your way, in, and it, there are some places that are kind of gated based on the tools that you have, but I was surprised by how much I could actually just figure out and get to different places and then kind of when you look out and you see like, oh, yeah, you know, I was over in that area and that area and now I can see that there's a secret over here that I should yeah. go investigate and stuff. It's it's a, it's a very satisfying mix of exploration and then, you know, the kind of crafting different components and yeah, stuff like that with it, more it, puzzle stuff built in than you would find in most crafting games
0: right and the entire point is yeah just explore the planet but then i love that it has a very clear objective marker too like i oh, just hit this button we'll, yeah we'll tell you exactly where to go if you just want to speed this whole thing mm-hmm. along but the point is to explore we swear and what's crazy about the developers is that they are now stadia developers they were purchased mm-hmm. before the release of this game mm-hmm. so they're going to be stadia exclusive developers i don't know if that means the future of this brand because i guess the developers probably own the brand over 505 it's a weird breakdown that way, but it's also an impossible to remember name. Journey to the Savage Planet. Eh, I was having a tough time. Like, you like you journey in the yeah. savage. What is this? Um, but yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. I think I'll keep playing it. You think you're gonna beat it? Yeah, I think so. Oh good. Uh, Sergio Vasquez, mm-hmm. Kentucky Route Zero. Yeah. So this game. Hey, this is perfect for this episode this game came out in 2013. Yeah. Uh, act one, at least. Act one. And, and it, they've been slowly yeah. trickling out new episodes. And of this interludes. Adventure
1: game. Yeah. So this, the, the, I've been playing the, the switch version, which is called the TV edition, which yeah. collects all five of the episodes and all five of the interludes. Uh, and I, I love this game. Uh, I think it's amazing. Um, It is to to give you context. It's basically sort of a point and click adventure game. There's not really any puzzle solving. You're not ever really like, oh, you got to go grab this thing and put it over here to keep going. It's more like just a narrative based game. But
0: it's always narrative first,
1: gameplay second. You know? Yeah, and like I think my favorite thing about it is that like it 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 is very uh, elegant in how it. Changes itself to tell a different stories, especially in the interludes, which are these um, things that they release between the the proper acts. So every act is basically like a story, an, a series of stories, basically, that are delivered through this one running narrative where uh, you are a man named Conway who is trying to deliver uh, a package to an address that is like five dogwood drive. And he realizes it's not on any map. And eventually uh, he meets a number of other people that tell him, like, well, that's on the on, on the route zero. And so it, it's this, like, astral plane, basically, that he finds. And it's, like, it, it has, it is, um, it's this weird juxtaposition between, like, magical realism where there's just, like, people just acknowledge the existence of, like, very strange and ethereal things, but it also, like, the, and that takes all place on in the zero, but they're also, like, you know, there you made a kid in, like, I think the second act who rides a giant bird everywhere. And so, and then people are just like, this is totally normal. Like, they, they never acknowledge how strange that is, right? Yeah. So um, I played the first act,
0: Kyle. Oh, you in the same camp
1: yeah first act and first interlude is that what they're called
0: yeah yeah okay yeah I, it's one of those things of like okay i could see getting into this it's nice to have an adventure game that i can play with a controller mm-hmm. especially with the tv edition now and it doesn't feel finicky it's like the ui is, is totally solid yeah and it's just the writing yeah i mean that like, eventually builds because the first act i enjoyed but i was like if I played this in 2013 I can't imagine I'd be screaming about
1: it. No, yeah, like I totally feel like uh, I think I've played the the first two episodes I played back when they came out and I yeah. eventually because the the re- the release schedule got so delayed that I eventually just said I'll just wait until it's over. Um, but I think it's it is the writing that I think is really strong. And but I, I, as you go further down, it becomes more about like how the story is presented. So like that first interlude is like this series of museum exhibits that are taking place like, hey, this is Lulu Chamberlain, a character you haven't met uh, that. It's like, hey, here's a series of like art art installations that were very expensive to produce. And so it's, like she eventually wasn't able to keep making them. Uh, and for them, like the, the developer cardboard computer, it was them kind of trying out a lot of different tech. Um, but then eventually, like the second interlude, for example, is this thing called the entertainment, which is um, like basically like a play that you're in the middle of. So you play the the character of the barfly in a in a play called the entertainment, and so you're seeing this play uh, kind of unfold in front of you. But you also at some point there'll be places where you stop and you turn around and you'll hear like notes from the. Um, Knows from the person who tells you like hey this was originally two plays by this author that we kind of mashed together into this one thing and then you'll look around in another part of the room and there will be reviews for like hey so like this this actress was like she was really strong and it's like again Lulu Chamberlain who's a character like that you meet in the second act and so it's like it works as this really cool way to like flesh out her life and then you meet the character in the second episode and so you learn more about her and like they they play around with perspective a lot it feels a lot like a resident evil game in what, the way that that's it,
0: what's confusing is like even playing through the first act suddenly it's mm-hmm. like wait now i'm making dialogue choices for this Two other characters. character yeah. and then i'm also controlling them for a little bit So I'm trying to figure out like So throughout the entire series, it's constantly shifting. They do. They do.
1: Like there's a. I I just got through Act Four, and like there's a really cool segment where you're playing as two different characters at once, and they kind of split up, and there's two separate dialogue boxes going at the same time that you're kind of going between each other, and then when they come back together, they you kind of they combine again, and like Act Four, I think is like which I just finished, like is I think is. Amazing, And then one of the other interludes is just this hotline that you call into. And it's literally a hotline. You can call the number that they show you and it'll be like you can play it the same way. Oh, And like one of my favorite things that it does is that there are two – like you can – it's about like this thing called the river echo. And then you can – hey, for the – to learn about the flora and fauna of this river, press one or whatever. But there are two specific places where they're like if you're holding a snake in your hand right now, press four and we'll help you out with whatever – for whatever reason you might be holding a snake. We'll try to guide you through it. And there's one that is like what is your first memory – and uh, why can't you fall asleep right now? And so you can call and like apparently I think in act four, there's a character, Will, who runs that hotline. And at some point he answers a phone and you're listening to a, what I think is a bunch of people's answers to that prompt that were sent into the hotline. Oh, so, weird. You're, so you hear uh, like the it's like I think the first time you actually hear voices in the game where there's a bunch of people saying like, here's why I can't sleep. Here's why. And it's like woven like. It's not directly involved in the story, but, like, they contextualize that part of the game really well. Uh, And so, like, those interludes, I think, are really playful. Like, the game itself is really playful with how it changes and shifts perspective to, like to center like to make sure the story is good you 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 change protagonists very quickly in a lot of ways like there will be a time where you're running around the parking lot as conway and it kind of very seamlessly shifts to running around as ezra this little kid that you find and now the story is about him for a little while and so like it, it is i think it is like an immaculately made game that is constantly like warping itself into something else like yeah. later on like um like that hotline can be a little bit of an ARG so uh, the thing that the narrative thing that you get out of it is a thing that you basically have to go wiki because there's like morse code involved and things like that uh, that'll deliver like hey this is where you know this is maybe a, a hint as to where dogwood drive might be and then later on they just straight up release like an episode of public access that you that you can go look up Um, that is mentioned in episode 4 and as a lead into episode 5 you can watch these like they talk about like hey this at one point this lady did something involving a a PBS station basically and then you can go watch like the thing that they are talking about separate from the game
0: Um, wow so it feels like at the end of the year people are going to be Talking about this game, oh, it, I don't think yeah. to the extent of like Disco Elysium, but a little bit in that same vein it, of like narrative yeah. focused. It's, yeah. it's thoughtful, introspective.
1: Yeah, so like I, 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 I want to talk about the structural stuff, but I think also like the narrative that it is telling about. It's a lot of very. It's like a ton of vignettes about like, here's this working person's job. Here's what this person has done for their entire life. And the running through line is here's how like this consolidated power company has been basically screwing people over by buying everything up and like basically becoming a monopoly here and how they've very slowly been exploiting their workers. And it's like a very labor oriented thing. And this person is making the last delivery that they've ever that they're ever going to make. And eventually he goes into debt, things like that. Like it's a very somber story that is enhanced by both. Um, a lot of the magical realism elements, because like even navigating the the route zero later on is like you, you guys have both played the first act, right? So yeah. like yeah. you see the map that it looks like a highway map.
0: Okay, let's really break this down because this is one of my favorite things mm-hmm. that I've seen so far this year. I love that map.
1: Yeah, that map is you really can take your cool. route zero. It's crazy. So it's just
0: like this overhead map where you see the roads, some yeah. objects in there, and then you just you control a tire that rumbles more than you could possibly imagine. It's, it's supposed like, to
1: represent your, your truck.
0: Right? right, right, right. And then you just control it around. So it's like a weird adventure game prompt where it's like, oh, yeah, you could take a right, I think. Yeah, uh, go, past, next the, to the go past the
1: observatory and then it'll be on your left. And, you, and you'll you, figure it out there. And it's like, yeah.
0: you actually have to navigate that. But yeah. it's such a
1: cool layout. Yeah. I've never seen it before. They, they iterate on that concept in some, like, amazing ways. So once you get into the Route Zero, because it is an ethereal plane, directions work very differently. So it'll be like, you start it, it's basically like a donut, like... And so, as your the instructions will be navigate clockwise until you reach the anchor, then turn around and go counterclockwise until you reach this other thing. And like the the landmarks that you're navigating past change depending on the direction you're going. Huh. So it's just very like confu- it can be a little confusing. But later on, you get like a character who'll be like, "Do you want me to just take you where you're supposed to go? That's fine. Let's just go there." Yeah. Um. And so like that, and then later on, you when you're flying on on the bird, it's like over that hi- that same highway that you know you have in the first you're just kind of flying over it and you have to take it to a specific spot um and so like and then act 4 they do like a boat thing which is also like very good um but like yeah the, the story that it's trying to tell I think is really like down to earth and very somber and like like extremely well written and but I think it's like the way that it's told that I think makes it like it's not just like a, a really good book that you happen to be interacting with I yeah. think the the form of the game I think is one of the most interesting things about it yeah yeah uh, I will say that it can be a little dense I think it can be because you are hearing so much about like local life and people working, it can be maybe a little dry at times. Um, so I, I would definitely say like play one act and then kind of take a break. Don't try to marathon it, um, which I sort of tried to do. And that's when it got a little frustrating. Sure. Uh, Cause those acts definitely get longer as they yeah. go along. So d- I definitely don't try to beat the game in one sitting or, like, or like even the later acts in one sitting. But um, what, a, what a wild development
0: story. This game yeah. is just I remember they've been slowly trickling this stuff out and the community is like, finally play it everybody it's all out
1: there now you're out of excuses so so the thing that i would advise people to do is like to make things less like kind of obtuse is um when you get to here and there along the echo which is one of the interludes just wiki that uh and like because there are a number of things that you want to do to get the most out of that that interlude it's the one where you're it's a phone line uh because otherwise you're gonna feel like why is this here it's kind of confusing if you don't know what it's like what it's doing and then Go walk after you beat uh, chapter or act four, like Google. Uh, I think it's WEP TV, uh, Kentucky Rod Zero, and you'll find that that like that episode of public access television that okay. that character's reference. So there's a lot of like like this feels very break. intimidating. I feel like people are like adventure
0: game already. I don't know, and then like yeah, okay, narrative I, heavy adventure game. I don't know. I think
1: if you play the second, I think if you get to the second act and you're not kind of feeling like the very like Twin PC vibe, yeah, um, then it's probably not for you. I I definitely don't think that this is like uh, everyone should play this, but it's like. If it if it, if you connect with any of the themes in the first act, like definitely yeah. keep going, I think it only gets more intense from there. It gets way more hyper specific. It gets way more like weird uh as the game goes on. Um but yeah, I'm I'm super in love with it right now.
2: Oh, that's great. Yeah. And Kyle, are you gonna keep playing? Yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> in the like I don't think I get it yet mode. Sure. Like there's that sequence you were talking about where all suddenly you're given the uh choices of another character mm-hmm. and like so you have no context who she is. She's on the phone and
0: you're dictating her answers. Yeah. But it's like. And it's like a confusing thing of like, oh, so I'm, I'm inventing a lot of the yeah. backstory here. It's like it's all hinged from my perspective of like, oh, even the dog yeah. in the beginning, you're like choosing what your dog is named. And the
2: thing that helped me, I think it was, I believe it was Elise's review mm-hmm. on Watch the Post. Like, I think it was hers. It's basically said like, you're not really dictating the story as much as you're dictating the tone yeah and that helped me a lot like because that conversation like specifically that i was like this is just weird for the sake of weird i have no context for what this is none yeah, of these yeah. answers mean anything to me yeah but then like sort of having that mindset of like well wait if i make her responses more angry then that kind of sets her tone and that like that made me a little more interested in continuing mm-hmm. of like understanding that baseline of like okay you're not like the the sort of the details of what she's talking about aren't as important as how it feels, yes, and that. That helped me, but, like, I definitely had this moment of, like, this just kind of feels like it's being weird for the sake of weird yeah, and obtuse well,
1: for the sake of being obtuse, you know? Yeah, I think that it, it is – I think you should be less focused with what you said. I think it should. It, you should be less focused with, like, okay, I need to put together this the, the plot of this game like it was a puzzle. I think it is w- way less concerned with that than, like, what you're taking away with it, which yeah. is, I think – because, you know, when I interviewed them for a feature at Game Informer, like, they were talking about how they took a lot from surrealist media, a lot of, like, French surrealist uh, uh, filmmakers, which is sort of where David Lynch comes from. So it's less about like what just happened and and more about like how do I like how did what just happened make me feel Yeah uh, but there is this underlying current of like here's the like there is an A to B plot that you can discern pretty easily Yeah. but it's just like there are going to be a lot of moments where you're like I don't know where this is going are they going to connect like here's an anecdote is this going to come back later like I, I think if you're just go with it I think it's kind of like the just kind of go on the ride don't be so concerned with like what does this all mean yeah Yeah. Uh, I think
2: and like having that mindset it's like it has made me a little more eager to go into the second act yeah. you know um, and but one thing I want to mention is like I love the way the game looks mm-hmm. it's got like a really cool sort of dark yeah. and style it's, it's, it's more pants- dynamic than I Thought, yeah, it's too, like yeah. it's not
1: just like it'll start with like a still shot of like you know the here's the the gas station and it'll pan very well depending on where your character is going. There's yeah. a, like the, as you're heading down like an escalator, reveal the basement in a in a really like well done way. And I think like I totally this was a really small team, so I totally get why there was so much delay. Especially like some of those interludes feel like. Oh, I see why they ha- why this took so long. Is because they had to put together basically a, a totally different game for this to work the way it did. Yeah. Um, so I can definitely see why the game took so long to come out, and it still feels relevant. Like I played that first act, and it still feels like it doesn't feel dated or anything like no. that. It's just mm-hmm. it's still and yeah. it's it's still it's so nice that
0: like of all the genres, a game that has taken this long to come out, like going for kind of a simplified retro adventure game yeah. in some ways. It's like, oh, okay, this will not age horrifically throughout time. Mm-hmm. So playing it all as one chunk, yeah, it doesn't scream 2013 like an action game yeah. or something like that. Yeah, uh, Kentucky Route Zero mm-hmm. is that game. Out on
2: yeah. Switch, does that TV yeah.
0: edition, is that coming
1: anything uh, else? PS4. PS4. Uh, okay. And I think on PC you might have to... Buy like a, a DLC or something to get the like the, all the interludes, but the yeah, because
0: I didn't have an interlude between Act One and Act Two. Yeah, so I think mm. on
1: PC you just I think you might have to download those separately, uh, oh, or they might just weird. be online or something. But like okay, yeah, so uh, seek those in inter- if you're playing on C on PC, definitely seek those interludes out because they're like. They're super important, I think, in a lot really? of ways. Really? Super important? The, well, like, one of them, like, basically tells you, you know, Lula Chamberlain is a pretty big part of the early part of the game, so sure. you you want those two first interludes to tell you more about her.
0: Okay, there it is. Uh, disintegration. Uh, we didn't play too much, but there's a technical beta going on. This is from Private Division. They're, they're publishing this thing, and it's from one of the Halo co-creators is how it's built, somebody who used to be at Bungie back in the day, and now they're making a multiplayer shooter but it's a little strange yeah it remind, this is a weird point of comparison you want to say it the same time hang on let me remember yes one, so one two, two three, three then say it yes yeah. okay one two three brutal <laughs> legend
2: yep <laughs> wow and let's
0: move <laughs> now on you guys to have feedback. to kiss each other oh okay <laughs> one two three <laughs> mwah, mwah. uh yes absolutely where it's a shooter but you play as a grav cycle where what? you're just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a graph yeah. cycle shooter. Uh. Look, if Kentucky Route Zero makes sense to you, I don't know why you're
2: confused. This right is question. stranger than Kentucky Route Zero already.
0: What's it? graph cycle? You're a floating uh, machine robot thing, and then you're commanding your smaller troops. So it feels like an RTS in a way.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So don't, I my biggest takeaway is don't put too much stock in the it came from a Halo guy. Don't expect, <laughs> don't expect Halo going into Correct. it because it is. And, I mean, I guess you can kind of tell that it, it probably came from someone who has made too many similar shooters and they wanted to try different mechanics and different ideas. For sure. Because that's, that was my biggest takeaway from it. Yeah, so you are kind of the hovering – I think you're a guy inside of a weird hovering mech thing. I don't, I don't think you're a the, robot. The
2: trailer shows a guy like talking to it in his garage and he's like, we're yeah. going to do this, car. Yeah. Let's
3: both remember Halo. Yeah, yeah. But so you you you're kind of floating above the battlefield. You can move up and down and however you want with Kakarot controls. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Exactly. Actually, yeah.
1: that's that's not maybe an appealing so that's point. Sell- that's <laughs> a selling
3: point. Uh, but yeah, so yeah,
1: it's brutal legend with Kakarot controls. We got it. Let's yeah. move okay. on.
3: But then but then you have you have soldiers that you're kind of commanding and you can give. You can tell them where to go or who to attack and stuff. But, but this thing- is also
1: a shooter. Yeah, yeah. So as a cycle, also, you can shoot. Yeah, yeah you
3: uh. also have your own guns, and then it is a multiplayer game. So you and the you know the matches I played were kind of you you had to defend or attack a couple different points on the map. And, yeah, and so you have like four or five teammates who are also these hovering motorcycles with their own units, and then you're going up against the other team. And shooting. So it's it is a very weird mix of first person shooting, but also I mean, in terms of first person shooting, you're still kind of this slow floating. It's very tank-y. it's weird to have, yeah, such a floaty yeah, so main it, character it's in not, a shooter. It's certainly not based on your twitch reflexes or anything like that. But then you're also then you're also commanding your own characters. So yeah. what is
1: what is the like is the idea that you're attacking other people's groups or like is there like a central structure that you're trying to destroy? In, like, in what... this
3: multiplayer mode, yeah, you were you were trying to defend these two spots that the that, you know, the invading team was trying to attack. So you're you're trying to cut them off with your own troops and make sure that they I found that people were just kind of in a standoff. I didn't feel like the fights were very dynamic, but it's the beta, and I don't think anybody knows what they're doing. I certainly didn't know what yeah, I was doing. Yeah, but I, I can see that. I guess my m- matches were kind of like that, too, just because it it feels so weird to... Because you move very slowly. You do You do kind of have like a... A boost function or whatever, but you are moving very slowly. And I guess in the matches I was playing, most people were spending more time commanding their characters than outright attacking each other, right? And so, you know, you would kind of have a bunch of the human players floating above the battleground, shooting each other's, you know, command units, as opposed to spending too much time. I think I died like once because most of the time, you're not, you're not, you can't like capture the control point or bring the thing back yourself you're kind of telling your units to do it so there's more focus on the actual units than each other than the other actual human players so it, it was a it was an interesting but very weird mix of mechanics and gameplay ideas and if you're coming into it like i was more i'm more interested in actual first person traditional first-person shooter so it it, i didn't have as much appeal i'm not a huge rts guy either so yeah
0: it's it's a fun fusion it's fun to see developers going for something new in private division funding
3: such a a, a strange take and it it says it has a campaign yeah so i i'm a little more interested in seeing what that is i'd love to
0: know what the story is because it's one of those things like okay i think i got it sci-fi world got it and then you choose your crew yes in disintegration (laughs) it's like what is this they're like, they're the te- having a lot of fun with <laughs> with the they're different- having a laugh uh because yeah the different crews are like oh you can be the crazy clowns you can be the mad max folks or the samurai robots like the teams are so or much
3: gangster robots which is
0: and then your car is like you know a lowrider like or your flying grab cycle is like a lowrider it is it's more wacky than i expected it's yeah. like okay sci-fi then you get in there and it's like Oh, and suddenly it feels like time splitters or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I mean, the trailer, has,
2: the trailer uh, has like a, a punchline at the end. It's yeah. like you're talking to your your car very seriously, but then someone else from your crew is like, hey, what are you doing, idiot? You know, so yeah. it's like they're going for that tone, I guess. Like yeah. they want it to be kind of say like, hey, like like a brutal legend maybe or something like that.
0: Oh, yes, mm.
2: exactly like a brutal legend.
0: Disintegration's the name of the game. Uh, I think they just said it's coming out 2020. Uh, I don't think they said exactly when it's, yeah, it's th- happening I think yet,
3: the is already over was yeah, I think Monday, they're gonna have Tuesday? an open beta as well, yeah, pretty soon as well. Up. So if you
0: want to yeah. check it out and try to define it it's, as well as we have. It's certainly unique. Like even,
2: even yeah. though we we draw the line to brutal legend, like it still feels <laughs> it feels distinct, but like yeah. similar. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Uh curious to see where it goes. Uh you guys want to move on to the next segment? Let's do it. Yeah. Cyril, do you know how this whole thing operates? What keeps us in this frozen basement? Uh
1: yeah. Bubbly. But, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right, bubbly, bubbly and a lack of air condition or a lack of heating. <laughs> uh, by Patreon. 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 Patreon.com slash
0: finmax two ends, 2 ends and the support of the community overall. They've been absolutely fantastic. Uh, if you would like to support us, I think it'd be a good idea. Plus, you get access to this podcast a day early, uh, the audio version at the $5 tier, so definitely check that out if you'd like to listen on Wednesdays instead of Thursdays. <laughs> What's wrong with you, sillies?
3: I, I just liked your statement of, if you want to donate, I think it'd be a good idea. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you for your support know. again.
0: Yes. Also, just a reminder, and not a reminder, telling the world that uh, come February... There might be a little extra incentive for the $10 tier. Uh. Funky little boost. Let's just say it might be something real nice. Mm. Anyways, moving on. Uh, very exciting. We have a new sponsor cool. for the Min-Max show. And MinMax overall, uh, HyperDot. It's a video game. Here we go. HyperDot is a minimal action arcade masterpiece with one rule... Dodge everything. It features over 100 levels in the single player campaign, a frenzied multiplayer mode, and a level editor to design custom challenges. Hyperdot releases tomorrow, January 31st, on Xbox One and Steam. Uh, this is very exciting. This is published by Glitch. If you're from the Gameformer community, you probably remember GlitchCon that brought everybody together. We had live replays there and stuff like that. They're wonderful friends of the show, uh, and they're releasing Hyperdot.
3: But Jeff, have you been playing it? Yeah, yeah, I played a bunch of it, uh, and it's nice. Again, we have a sponsor that they're actually making a good game, so <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. But it, I would say, it's what I thought of was it is a like a bullet hell shoot 'em up without the actual. You're not doing any shooting. Yeah. So you just have to avoid the different shapes in you know the circle arena that you're in. But what's interesting about it is that each level has some kind of unique twist to it and and so some of them have different power-ups and like the different the different way obviously like the the different ways that the shapes are coming in and everything changes every level too but i was i was just surprised that every every single level and i played like 60 of them or something but yeah. everyone has a different twist to it which is unique and interesting
0: yeah for sure and like you can play multiplayer as well and it's kind of smash with us in a way where you can set so many individual criteria so it's like you can play with four players and then just every level like all the different settings are randomized so it's like okay just try and survive all you're doing is trying to dodge and mm-hmm. do it again and again and again but really satisfying Hyperdot, yeah what a godsend that the two games were <laughs> Talking about on the show, they're no supporting us. Yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so definitely check it out. But to thanks so much. To the dot. To the dot. <laughs> as they say. <laughs> and also, you might notice, oh, it's not the first of February. It's weird that we're kicking off a new sponsor. Um, they requested it because their game's coming out on January 31st on Xbox One and Steam, so it's like, we're flexible if you want to start halfway through a month or something. like yeah. We'll still make it four episodes, but we'll make it work. Also, hey, Superhero Cinema Scoop, Riley Hill here. He says, Superhero Cinema Scoop is proud to sponsor MinMax. Superhero Cinema Scoop is a new YouTube channel dedicated to bringing you all the up-to-date news and your favorite superhero movies, shows, and video games. News from Marvel, DC, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Spawn, and many more are represented. Videos are uploaded... And- are uploaded at least once a week and can be enjoyed by the whole family. Just search for Superhero Cinema Scoop on YouTube and remember that cinema, spelled with an S, don't forget it. Uh, He uploaded a video recently about, like, rumors about maybe what Rocksteady's working on, about Captain Marvel 2's development, stuff like that. And actually checking out Riley's YouTube channel here for Superhero Cinema Scoop is how I learned that they canceled that Howard the Duck cartoon that Marvel was (laughs) making. (laughs) I learned that that it was... In development at, at the same time that I learned it was canceled. Well, yeah, because Kevin Smith was working on it. Oh, and really? somebody who listens to all of his stuff, it's weird that that just quietly is like, yeah, they, it was announced and then never really acknowledged any of his podcasts. They must and have looked at the, sort of
2: how successful the original film was and was like, oh, wait, what are we doing? We that can't talk? just bring up anything
1: <laughs> back and it'll be successful. Yeah.
0: I then. think they might have seen Jane Selenbub reboot and said, oh, wait, what now? No. Well, that's like a 64% Rotten Tomatoes earned. That's shocking. <laughs>
1: okay. Is it really? Yeah. It's high. Can I double check now? Now I want to double check. Kevin Smith's legacy is better than Star Wars. Oh, is that now? what you're looking at? Yeah. Rise um, of Skywalker. Which is, yeah. It's going to be embarrassing if I'm wrong.
0: Is 52%. Okay. Jay and Silent Bob reboot.
1: reboot. Is it literally called reboot? Mm-hmm. That's yes. <laughs> no, oh,
0: that's,
2: reboot to the it's funny.
1: Oh, okay. It's like
2: <laughs>
0: Triceratopper
1: no it's it's <laughs> no it's
2: <fresh> here. <laughs> bring up that soundtrack
0: 52% to 69%
2: 69% fresh certified fresh J. nice so you're saying I, I
0: d- dare you to watch that movie like, <laughs> I think it's his best movie in a while but I'm
1: just saying I dare you to watch that and then movie. record a podcast about it called Max it. anyways
0: thanks again uh, to Superhero Cinema Scoop and yep. HyperDot for sponsoring the show and helping us out they support Max, so please support them I, I think you'll have a good time with HyperDot too so definitely yep. check it out at at least look at a trailer because i think it'll scratch an itch for a lot of folks out there so a lot of people sent in wonderful comments questions words of wisdom anything that makes the show better trivia dares stuff like that uh on patreon patreon.com slash max two ends people leave a comment we have a post up there every tuesday afternoon looking for wonderful questions that people always send in uh, first one here, DBRG13. Dr. 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 Big. Dr. Big. Dr. Big 13. He says, Get hey, guys, right. uh, I really enjoyed the MinFax call-in this month, and I'm glad you're deciding to continue it in the future. I'll be going in on the $20 tier for February, and I'm still confused about how the call-ins work. Um, is it a stream that you join in, or is it through Discord? Great question. So MinFax is like our basically bonus podcast, kind of behind the scenes of MinMax that is exclusive to supporters of the Patreon. So that goes live, and then... Uh, and it's all like a Q&A-based thing on the stream. But then once a month, uh, starting with January, where we tried it, Jeff, and on that's recently, right. where we had a call-in episode. Yes. So we're going to be having folks call in, uh, and they can come talk to us, ask us any question they want. And it was a, a super fun time. And so the way that works is through the Discord. So if you support us on Patreon, then you get access to the Discord at any tier. And if you support us at the $20 tier, which is the call-in tier or the Q&A tier – Um, then you'll get access to a private channel. In that Discord, you can jump in there, and then when the time comes, I will advertise saying, hey, we're ready to call you up. You can say, hey, call me next, and then we'll call you next and have a lovely chat. Yeah, people were so nice. They were.
3: And everyone's mic quality was, oh. It was was really (laughs) weird, yeah, how nice nice everyone sounded. Yeah. Which I guess is that just like a generational thing of like, People buy my, nice mics now because they spend so much time mm. online. Or well, I, guess, I wonder if the community... overall
1: average of mics has gotten better. Oh yeah, I think Fortnite.
0: Too. Well, I remember yeah. with Fortnite, everyone saying that like headsets and mics were like flying off the shelves, and that was the reason. Yeah.
2: Well, also, I, I think our community in general—I mean, it could be a generational thing—but like they just play games online with more their friends interested. a lot. They're more yeah, you know, sure. disparate
0: across the country. And stuff. So, so. Uh, February, it'll be, I think February 23rd is the Sunday, the last Sunday of the month when we do the call-in episode. And uh, let us hear your mics. Your sweet, sweet voice. Okay, let's move on. All right, an attack corgi says, Hansen recently tweeted about molasses being <laughs> the food everybody talks about but no one cooks with. On a list of games everyone talks about versus actually played slash completed, which game is number one?
3: Rogue. Oh, mm. of,
0: God,
3: of course it's Rogue. <laughs> I was really racking I my do, brain I, trying to think of this. But are they actually, are, do people actually talk about Rogue or is it just because the we genre? say Rogue-like yeah. so much? Does, it, does it count as talking
1: about Rogue when you say Rogue-like? I, yeah. I think it yeah, does. Yeah, I just no, no, talk no, about Rogue.
3: I don't, well, besides no, the I don't fact so. that
1: I... No.
3: I
0: think Rogue-like counts as talking about Rogue in a weird way, right? No. I think it does.
3: It's a genre. Do you think? But it's yeah.
0: big, it's, it would be calling, it would, if we called uh, like a Zelda
3: yeah. right? like or something. It's 100% Or a rope. Metroidvania.
0: Yeah. Because I was thinking like on yeah. a lighter end of the spectrum, like, you know, you think about those games that I think maybe critics like and read into, but then sales, yeah, not that great. Something mm-hmm. like a Florence, right? Like oh, sure, I remember sure. at GDC last year, the developers of Florence are like, eh. We barely broke even despite being like Apple's game of the year and all this stuff. It's just the average people, they don't want to play some story based game, even
3: though I really yeah. like Florence. I was going to say Persona 5 in terms of actually finishing. <laughs> I, I, as a slam to
0: you, was going to say Red Dead Redemption 2 in terms <laughs> of actually finishing.
3: Expression, expression.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, like, I think a lot of the Rockstar games, if you're talking about finishing, yeah, that's true. everybody will talk about GTA 5, but raise it's your hand if you've it. finished GTA 5. I
4: finished
0: Did you finish it? Anyways, yeah, so Rogue. <laughs> it's uh it's gotta be rogue. Um Kieran Robinson says, What unannounced game from any game studio are you most excited for? I'm really keen on seeing a next gen Rocksteady game. I'd also love to see what Team Eco are working on for Playstation Five that'll probably end up coming out for the PlayStation Six. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, what do you guys think? What's the most the number one unannounced game that you're most excited to learn more about?
3: Uh it's Rockstar's new IP, which we yeah. oh, that's have right. already established, is going to be a new IP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. great
0: predictions.
2: Those answers are both uh, really good. Uh, what are they? They're not Team ICO anymore. What are they? What are they? Gen Design. Gen Design. Yeah, there's a little teaser. You can find a little teaser of something. There's like a woman on a pedestal next to like some giant creature. Hmm. Um, a humanoid creature. Um, but then for me, I'll play dead. Like they've teased yep. things, but they haven't announced anything. That's one for me for sure. But Rocksteady, yeah, yeah is a good answer. This, Rocksteady I think yeah. has to be
0: the biggest one of in the industry. One I'm really uh, curious about is Concerned Ape, like the Stardew Valley developer. Mm. I Europe think he's Boronio. just making Stardew Valley. <laughs> like didn't he I mean, it <laughs> seems like they're making so many updates and stuff like that, yeah. so I hope that's not slowing them down too much. But 10 million in, sold recently, right? Something insane like that. It's so good though. But uh in jason schreier from kotaku his book which the chapter on turtle valley in that book is unbelievable but unbelievably good but then at the end they tease that he's he really wants to make a game about bug collecting and so that just like sets my mm-hmm. mind on fire that you're like oh my god if he's he like going to make pokemon to, he right. wants to make pokemon yeah talk about money <laughs> <laughs> talk about it well, you Tim can Tim take Tim beat him a lot of it. it yeah that's right yeah Temtem always beats you to it uh, <laughs> that's what they always say <laughs> uh, here's a weird one though that somebody uh, tweeted my way Phil Spencer tweeted great update today with Darren Gallagher and uh, Matt Booty and the team at The Initiative which is Microsoft's new studio in Santa Monica Kay. incredibly talented studio challenging themselves to do new things and old things smiley face in new ways mm. Now, what do you think that means? Uh, Does that mean multiple games or just a new twist on an old Microsoft IP? I don't know. God. What here's here's an extra wrinkle. Look at this. Brut- What's that game? Brutal. Brute Force. <laughs> Brute Force. Yep. Uh, so there's also somebody retweeted that and then had the quote saying, Phil Spencer at E3 2018 said, I think Daryl Gallagher, who heads the initiative, really loved his time at Crystal Dynamics reworking Lara Croft and Tomb Raider. We were talking about some things in our past that might be interesting things he might want to go work on. It was so weird to me that he mentions Lara Croft, and this is
3: this mm. is stupid and
0: reductionist. So tell me right. if this is a stretch. No, no, it's Perfect Dark. It's Perfect Dark, right? right? Mm. The yeah. fact mm. that he goes out of his way to mention Lara Croft and Tomb Raider and like rebooting things from the past, like it's like, well, you did one female character, do it again now with <laughs> with Perfect Dark. But also, I but think that's, that's what, what they're, they're doing. doing. I think that's probably what they're yeah. doing. Perfect Dark 0-2. That's right, Perfect Dark right. One. Yeah, that's
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> let me just
0: call the next one Perfect
1: Dark One,
0: which
2: is
1: what such would a...
0: they call it? It would be, have some subtitle. Well,
2: right? it'd be
1: yeah. uh, Perfect, Perfect Dark. Dark Series One. <laughs> yes, right. so I believe that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's
0: such a weird idea. Like, I would want somebody to just make a multiplayer-focused version of Perfect Dark. But if the initiative and it's like a lot of talent coming from Crystal Dynamics that's holding up, heading up this new studio, it's like, oh, would they lean into like a story-focused like? Reboot really telling Joanna Dark's story? I don't Third think that's person. what I want, but I would like to see something happen with Perfect Dark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so that's up the list for me now, just thinking about the possibility that this could be most excited unannounced game.
3: That's your that's your new answer.
0: <laughs> but I guess my answer is whoever's making perfect dark. Then I want yeah. to see that. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um let's see. Adam Wagner says, Hey Maximilian Pagasi. Okay, Maxa Milman Pagassi. That's probably some joke. Milman, yeah. Adam says I've been playing Chrono Trigger on DS and I'm having a blast. I like toting my DS around in my pocket. I never realized (laughs) how much I missed it. I want to keep playing the DS after finishing Chrono Trigger for the deepest dive. Are there any DS games that are a must play? Oh man. Next up, I'm planning to play The World Ends with You and Layton's Unwound Future.
1: Uh, it's weird because I think a lot of the I think a lot of the DS games are might be hard to find at this point. I think it's mm. kind of reached that point where you're kind of paying a premium to find like good DS titles because yes. they're mm. not. It's not like they've been ported, right? Like a no. lot of them haven't been. Yeah, I,
2: I would suggest Dawn of Sorrow. Order of Ecclesia, Portrait yeah. of Ruin, all the Castlevania DS. Honestly,
1: kind of in that order. <laughs> yeah, Don of Star was my maybe even like over Symphony of the Night. Like I would say, like really, I, yeah. I think Ecclesia's is maybe my favorite, but like it's hard. I, yeah, so like <laughs> th- that's why I say Don of Star is probably the one yeah. to play first. Yeah. Um, it does have that weird like touchscreen stuff, which I'm not like a fan of, but it's pretty yeah, minimal. Yeah, it's uh, I think Ghost Trick Phantom Detective is probably yep. my favorite yeah. DS game. That game is fantastic because uh, it's definitely in the vein of like something like something like Layton, where it's like this very wacky puzzle oriented game. Um, Tetris DS is maybe oh, like, that's a uh, good one. Talk about uh, hard
0: to find, yeah. Uh. yeah that yeah. one's
1: that one's super rare. Um, Elite Beat Agents, Kami Den, yeah. Maybe I never played it, Den I don't yeah, know, that's, that's actually worth the uh, game. you ever look
0: I think one of the best games on DS is Pokemon Soul Silver.
2: Oh, yeah, if yeah. you haven't yeah. played that remake, yeah. Oh, yeah. Van- you can, and then if you can find the little pedometer too with it, Poke Walker,
1: yeah. Uh, the Advance Wars DS, probably top 10 games of all time. So there it is, you should play that. And I guess you can play the Zellas, they're fine.
0: Channeling Jojuba. Because he just submitted feedback on The Deepest Dive, I will say Radiant Historia, if you like JRPGs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, a little corner trigger in there with some time travel stuff, so might be up your alley. Sure. I've tried starting that game twice, and it seems cool. I just have never finished (laughs) it. Uh, Mark Ramirez says, I've missed Jeffim's articles about his wife's thoughts on the games he's been playing. (laughs) I would
3: love to hear her recent judgments slash interests. Well... Recent, most recently, she so she just finished her nursing program and she has to study congratulations for congratulations to her. Well, not yet. Oh. She has to what study is, for still the like
0: Regis Philbin, Selden <laughs> Kyle. Okay. Congratulations to her. That's what I was
3: going for. <laughs> perfect. She has to study for the giant licensing test. Oh, okay. And so recently, whenever I'm playing a game. You know, she's always studying, but I have to pick a game that isn't too story-centric because then it completely distracts her. And so, like, the entire time I was playing Dragon Ball, it was too much of a distraction because she'd be like, what's going on now? What's going on? And really? She, she has more of a, like, passing knowledge base of Dragon Ball than I do because of her brothers. And oh. so, it was like, well, all right, I'll play something else that's not talking about things. And then I started um Did you ever correct you on something? Mm. <laughs> Did she ever what? Did she ever correct you on something like, no, Majin Vegeta and Super Saiyan Vegeta are the same person. <laughs> yeah, because I sit around and talk about the plot of Dragon Ball so much when I'm at home. I mean, that's what that's what I do.
0: Yeah, that's, that's our lives.
3: <laughs> yeah, but uh, I still get the, the question every now and then of what's this game about, and I try very hard not to just say, it's another game. Like yeah. that, that really upsets her because it's like me just blowing her off, but then it's like, oh, well, it's called Children of Morda, and we are... A family that's going and delving into dungeons for some reason. Uh-huh. But that one was also too distracting uh, for her. But <laughs> so. Indivisible wasn't? That's no, pretty... it was. It okay, is. That's what yeah. yeah. that, that was the other one I started, and she was like, Wait, now who's that character? Where are they now? Like, that's very sweet. Where'd the bad guy go? And I was like, He's okay, inside my head. I'm going to go play more Chrono Trigger because there's no voices to distract you. Couldn't what you about just... headphones. Yeah, couldn't you just wear headphones? Yeah. I mean, I could, but whatever okay.
1: like, I could solve the problem
0: but I then you can't now. talk to your wife yes that's true yes. Victor Pham killer questions saying hey what's a country you haven't been to but would like to
1: Australia I'd like to go to England you've never been to merry old England no what would you like to do there I don't just kind of walk around. That's what I like to do in most new cities that I go to is just kind of walk around, like not have anything on the itinerary and just be like, have maybe one recommendation. i like, oh, you should totally visit the whatever place, but like <laughs> kind of land, walk near my hotel and just kind yeah. of see what's going on. Like, that's what I, that's what I like that's to nice. do. I
0: had a weird moment, I think in high school. Where I remember I was at a party and I was talking to my friends and I was like, you know what? Wouldn't it be fun just to go to England and mess with those Royal Guards? Like, that's something we can do in our lives.
3: Why aren't we doing that? They probably shoot you nowadays, though, right?
0: I don't think so because uh, when I, then I went to Buckingham Palace with Ben Reeves and Jeff Cork on one of our trips to England, we actually got to like talk to the guards. They weren't like the tall hat ones, but there were other guards at Buckingham Palace, and they were like the coolest guys. We like filmed a little video with them and stuff. I'm like Ben Reeves and Jeff Cork meeting them and stuff. It was very sweet. Mm. Um, but for me, it's it's Australia too. Yeah. I think that's number one. Is just in New Zealand. I would take in a pinch, yeah, if I had to. But uh, people from Australia let us know where to go in Australia. Is it just Sydney?
2: Yeah, and let us know why David Dan Milner's is house. In you.
0: <laughs> I don't want to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> not
2: oh yeah, Jeff David M- Milner's house. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. There you go. Just just crash. But now. he's
0: outside of Sydney. Is he in Melbourne?
2: Hey,
3: Australia is Australia, man. Yeah.
0: How it's, big could it be? It's all the <laughs> outback, right? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, I would go to Italy, ah, uh, and just oh. stay there forever. <laughs> thought, you haven't been there yet. People. I thought, no. didn't
1: you one point vacation there?
3: No, I okay. want to. You haven't even been to a
0: little part of Italy?
3: What are you doing? <laughs> Evan <Eben laughs>
0: McHugh. Evan McHugh says Are you playing on March 20th Doom Eternal or Animal Crossing? Which are you booting up first? Uh, doom. Animal Crossing. Doom.
2: Neither. <laughs>
1: But probably Animal Crossing. You're gonna take that day off. Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 no yeah. gaming for me. Between,
2: between the two, I'll probably check out Animal Crossing, but it'll just be a reminder that I don't really like Animal Crossing. Don't prejudge it. <laughs> All right,
0: it's on an island this time. Yeah. Oh. oh, Zach Wojnar, former game former intern, said, "Hey guys, this will make the show better." Good. All right, thank
1: Zach. you. He said
3: it like guaranteed. He said it All like right, uh, make the show better.
0: He says, Doom Do Eternal it. looks cool, and one of the things I really like about it is that you can trace the feel of the game all the way back to original Doom and Doom 2. When I was a kid, I was aware of Doom, but never really got around to playing the originals until I got Doom 3 BFG Edition on PlayStation 3, and I was astounded by how well those original classics still held up. My question to you is, when did you first play Doom?
3: When it first yeah. came out, because I'm old! Is that right? What's yeah. your memory of first playing Doom? Um, I think it was... One of my friend's mom used to play it. What? And, yeah. And she, she would Doom also... Mother. Yes. And she would, <laughs> she would also chain smoke. And so she would have her cigarette in her mouse hand as she was, like, oh, controlling it. And you're she like, I badass. need to be you. Yeah. <laughs> and I've devoted myself to that ever since. But, yeah, no, I played, like, the... I think I played the shareware version because I didn't know how to, you know, buy PC games back yeah. then. But it was always... That was that was kind of enough of a game at that point mm-hmm. when when I was that age, so I think my first experience
0: with Doom was playing the horrific first person section of Jurassic Park on the Super Nintendo where you're like <laughs> <laughs> unlocking the key cards. Now I realize like, oh, that was just them going for uh, Doom yeah, at yeah. the time. I was like, this part sucks. What uh, is this going for? <laughs> Someone made a whole game out of this? Yeah. <laughs> I've never played those old Doom games
1: yeah I think my first experience with Doom was the 2016 reboot <laughs> oh really yeah.
3: oh wow you guys have never played the original no, no. a little bit N- I think I played, none of you I played Doom
2: 2 at a friend's house and I think when it came out on Xbox Live Arcade I played through the intro of Doom 1
3: yeah you should you should seriously go back and play them because I think the level to design is still really interesting
0: yeah alright okay alright we could try playing it here if you want to at some point sure I'd be curious to try and check it out Um, Holden hints. Oh
1: Molden for Holden Molden for Holden 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 for Holden He says (laughs) I finally
0: played just one That board game uh, With five other people And had a blast In a cooperative party setting Usually there's always Some competition With a larger party So it's nice to work together Therefore What has been one of your Favorite group cooperative experiences Whether in board games Video games Or otherwise Best co-op experiences.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard not to default to, like, just having a bunch of, like, you know, stovers with my friends playing, like, Gauntlet Dark Legacy. We would just play that until, like, 2 in the morning. It was, like, it was it was this perfect convergence of, it was, like, the first time I had ever stayed up that late. like to, yeah. like, 3 in the morning, and we were all just kind of, like, so, like, just tired and had just eaten bags of Cheetos. And, like, <laughs> uh, like yeah. And all we were breathing just, heavily. And, but, like, that game is just so, like... Mindless that you can just start talking and making different little in jokes as you're like you just you're just kind of talking about something else and then it's like yeah go get the treasure like you have I have the key so I need to open the door like move out of the way but it was just us hanging out like playing Gauntlet Dark Legacy for like you know a whole weekend basically and it was and that game is so long and I wouldn't necessarily say it holds up but Mm -hmm. it's like we needed something to do that weekend and we planned our entire weekend around it and like that was like the best time I've ever had with friends with a game I
0: think yeah oh that's so sweet. This is really tough because, like, okay, I've had plenty of great experiences, yeah, playing games with friends, but co-op, yes, but I I think of board games. Like, I go to tabletop, and, like, I think of, like, last year really getting into playing Betrayal and, like, those games of Betrayal where you take it seriously because do you know the hook with Betrayal, Kyle? No. Mm -mm. It's a cool game where uh, you're all exploring this mansion. And going room by room, laying out new tiles. You're exploring the mansion, getting items. Your stats are going up and down. All these wacky, spooky things are happening to you and stuff. And then it's basically random. Then at some point, the turn happens. And at the turn, one person amongst you becomes the betrayer. And then it becomes like everybody trying to take down this one person. And they have, there's like a storyline of like, okay, this person is a werewolf now. And they have these rules, and you have these rules. And so, like, it's just very intense co op both out of the gate, and then like once the flip happens, okay, we really need to rally
3: together.
1: So is the idea that everyone knows who the betrayer is? Okay, so it's not like a thing where it's like, oh, who's the betrayer? No. Well,
3: but it is until it happens, right? Like even the betrayer doesn't know that they're... That they're betrayer. going to be the Betrayer. Yeah, yeah okay. because but it's
0: basically random. It's like, oh, if you and this, then it's this person with this lowest stat. They're the Betrayer
3: or whoever it oh, factors okay. out
0: that time. But I'd love to stream it at some point because
3: I've had yeah. such a good time with and that game. The, I, that's one that I actually haven't played. But, oh, what? But yeah, and I, I still don't have it yet at this point. But it, it has been on my list of games to get at some point. Oh, I can't that, wait to play that with you now. But You should say the full name of it is Betrayal, Betrayal on, a House on House on the, the Hill. Hill. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's um. Remember, it stood out because it was the favorite game of one of the co-directors for Outer Worlds. Another cover story trip, he was talking about it. And I was like, yeah, I'll have to
3: check it out at some point. I don't know, but yeah, I love it. Um, oh, co-op. Yeah, uh, I think mine would be the original Left for Dead, and playing that with my brother oh, and one hmm. of our our friends because that was just such such a different experience for co-op where it actually kind of you weaved your own story into it but you would get to those choke points where it would be like the finale and you had to actually figure out how you're going to defend this place and then you always had that run and eventually you know like someone would end up falling down and you would have that perfect video game moment of like and also zombie movie moment of like well do i go back and try and save my friend or do i ditch them and just try and get get out myself right Right. that was that was such a Still such a powerful moment when I think back to it, those memories. Um, That ends up being my favorite, I think. Yeah. That's a good answer, yeah. Tim
0: Loro says, my favorite thing is reading the comments on Patreon here before the podcast. And you can like your favorites. I never thought about that, but because all the people post their comments on the Patreon page, you can go through and like read ahead of time, which you couldn't do back in the Game Informer show when we just sent the email yeah. in. And like I never thought about the idea of like looking for the likes to help choose what gets read. But Tim it, likes it, right? Like he likes getting the sort of heads up almost. Tim likes it. All right. He all likes right, it. Uh Patrick Henderson says, Hey, did the new Star Wars Kotor news rumor get any of you guys excited? Did you see this? No. There's a rumor, take it with a grain of salt, but there's a rumor that um, EA is looking to kind of reboot Knights of the Old Republic, mm. to kind of remake slash reboot. trying to think of, I guess, Final Fantasy 7 <laughs> 5 Knights of the Old Republic. The original. Yes.
2: Oh, I'd say, like, yeah, maybe somewhere in the middle or something.
0: Yeah, not quite okay. a remake, a little more reboot, but it's exciting.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's also the rumor that whatever direction Star Wars. Uh, cinema goes in the future it will be looking backward right
0: well the uh, leading rumor right now is that it's the High Republic which is like 400 years before yeah the Skywalker and which stuff. KOTOR
2: is significantly further like than thousands. That. Yeah. yeah so yeah.
1: maybe could tie together yeah. somehow I don't know I'm, I'm not like it, it's not something I've been following super closely but as someone who recently watched all the Star Wars movies mm-hmm. uh, I, I, if they announced that I would play it but uh, yes. I'm, have you I'm ever not. played KOTOR uh, no so, Ooh. I haven't either
2: oh really yeah and I've tried uh, but I was very late to it. Like, I, you know, I tried to play the Xbox version when I was like well into the Xbox 360 world. Oh, so it was a little tough, tough to go back to. So I would love sort of an updated opportunity to revisit, like a Link's Awakening style kind of like, you know, yeah. feels like a modern, closer to a modern game, you know. Hey, yeah, if we like ever
0: uh, played for the deepest dive, you can play it on iOS and yeah. completely have a terrible I experience. Own yeah. it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> play it on that <laughs> iPad. Well. Hans Kleinenberg says, the first time you used an abbreviation or nickname for someone, how conscious were you that it was the first time? So, for example, Ben, the first time you called -um Jeffem Jeffem and not Jeff, were you very aware that you were using it for the first time? I always am. And for some reason, I wait a lot longer than other people because I often don't feel like I've earned the nickname yet. (laughs) This is a phenomenon. Yes, that must have happened. I don't remember. Yeah. I absolutely felt weird. Uh, referring to you
2: as jeff when i first started game you before. should because like probably. i was just, like i don't know him well enough this is clearly like a nickname uh-huh. but like it sounds we, like
3: a term of endearment it, which is the problem yeah, yeah. and
2: but like this like we i wanna, do not
3: think of it that way
2: we want to distinguish you from jeff cork there's mm-hmm. two jeffs in the office and i felt like i wasn't allowed to say jeff yet like i needed to work with you longer before yeah you, you weren't well, i made my way up to
3: <laughs> it
1: uh it was weird because i was thrown into like you know uh having multiple coworkers who have you know the same name as others so I feel like I had to just by like necessity of like well there's two bands one of them is Reeves and one of them is Hanson right same thing with Jeff and Jeff but like yeah it did feel a little bit weird of like because I always associate people referring to other people by their last names as like a school thing because it happened yeah. to me a lot because a lot of people just ignore my first name and just call me Vasquez in college especially which is weird because uh, no one knows how to pronounce it yeah, exactly so they'll just they just called me Vasquez for, for a while and it just felt yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but oh, like, did anybody ever call you V-Squeeze? No. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and now they never will. Yeah, cause, you know, the I'm, something I'm not short on at all is nicknames. Uh, <laughs> but, like, uh, yeah, so I always felt it's like it's a weird distancing move, but, it like, at the office it felt like a necessity because then, especially since I was in the same bullpen as both of you, used to say Ben, have yeah. two people look. That would be awkward. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. I don't know how that
0: boiled up. But, like, there were so many Ben's in high school that I think Hanson just popped up, and then I was like, I don't think I – told anybody at Game Informer well, <laughs> to is call between, me Hanson. There's a difference between nickname and, like, last name. I, I guess, guess so. Right, yeah. But even that, there's, like, a weird thing. I was like, everybody, everybody just agrees this is the best way to go. We'll just get used yeah. to Hanson. No one ever called you Ben H? I guess so. I used ben. to sign all my hot paperwork Ben H, <laughs> you know.
2: You know, I always thought when I first started Game Informer that Andy McNamara and Andrew Reiner would be referred to internally as, like, the Andes. Mm. It's like, oh, we've got to go check with the Andes. And then I got there I was like, no, no, whatever that's stupid <laughs> like, it's confusing to never... me every time everybody calls anybody yeah. would call
0: Reiner and, and yeah, I, that's understand very strange. Yeah. I don't care for it <laughs> uh, Adam Cohen says hey been in the cohorts how often do you buy games on multiple platforms for instance I now own Broforce End of the Gungeon Genite 2 and Ape Out on both PC and Switch I think PC and Switch is a real sweet spot for me yeah well i'll have it on pc but it's like well yeah. enter the gungeon example it's like i just want that on my switch i'm gonna have to get that yeah yeah switch would be the, the place that i've probably bought the most things a second time I, like, there's a
2: lot of dumb games I pl- i've i bought multiple times they're like resident evil 6 like i've bought That's three times dumb. I'm so, i just i don't know why i did it the second time or the third time <laughs> a mistake i played yeah. them all three
1: times i just i don't know Ugh. but why i i don't know okay <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, I have Overwatch on every platform, and I don't know why I did not Every platform? Well, I don't have it on Switch, but okay. I have it on so PS4 Xbox. Okay, yeah. Kyle. Okay. <laughs> I had it on every platform before it released on Switch, okay? okay. All right, all right. Um, How did but, that happen? Because I think there were just different people who wanted to play it on different platforms. Like I oh, had, wow. Like, I, I bought it on PC, and that's where I've played it most of the time. But, like, there would be people who like, hey, we want to, you know, in the 2016 heyday, everyone wanted like, hey, let's get an Overwatch group together. I don't have the game. So when it was on sale, I just bought it on that. And then there was, like, another group that was like, hey, we want to play on Xbox. I was like, Damn it! I'm gonna have to buy it. And it. But the thing was, is I would only ever play those other versions like one or two times. But and I was like, okay, well, I guess this will be a regular thing. And it never happened. And I, we <laughs> always went back to PC.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Boy. Uh, GTA five got me because of the cross generation stuff of and uh, Skyrim as well. Well, there it but is. my my GTA 5, I, I still haven't played it on PS4. I bought it on PS4. See, because so it's like, you oh, haven't finished so much it either. Different. Yeah, and then yeah. Oh, <laughs>
1: sure. <laughs> and then when I got a, a, like a decent PC, I I bought like a bunch of stuff on on PC the second time around. Like I bought Devil May Cry the second time on PC, and that ran w- way better. And like, uh, Destiny was another one that I ended up buying twice. I bought that Shadow Keep expansion on both PS4 and PC. Even though I, I now play mostly on PC, but all my rating gets done on PS4 because that's where my clan is. There it is. Um, so, home Otter. is where
0: the clan is. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thomas Hoster says recently with Escape from Tarkov blowing up on Twitch. Uh, it's been a fun game over the years, uh, very different and very brutal, and thankfully to Twitch, a lot of new players are pouring in. Um, it's in. It's been in early access with a dedicated fan base for like four years or so. I saw people wondering when it would come to console. I sadly had to inform them. It probably never would just because there's so many complex key bindings and stuff that I don't think it'd really work on a controller. Have you guys been following Escape from Tarkov? Uh, a little I have no bit. Idea what that is. I Maybe. looked it up for the first time the other day. Yeah, same Went down here. a little bit of rabbit hole of
2: like, what is this? Why are people talking about this? Yeah, it's yeah. so just
0: blowing up on Twitch. Was it a hardcore shooter, just a I hyper think.
2: realistic, like military shooter. You know, realistic physics. I want
0: to play it. Yeah. I want to hmm. play it before next week's episode of the it's show. It's one of those
2: intimidating games. This would be like jumping into Counter Strike Cold or something. You think so? Yeah, I bet. It, yeah. It's also
1: weird because like. I assumed it would be a thing where it's like, oh, it must have been like a freebie on the Epic Store or it's like blew up on Steam, but it's you can't get it on either of those. It's like uh, yeah, own, that's it's, right. It's, on, it's only available on their own website, which is such a weird thing. It, it is such a weird thing for that game to be as successful as it is considering all of their tech is like proprietary or whatever. Yeah, or yeah. yeah. Getting the
0: game. That's very confusing. Uh, Jim Chatterton says, hey, CLCs, with the start of Call of Duty League and the Overwatch League going into the third season, I've been thinking about esports with city-based teams. I love how these two leagues are doing that. It got me following both when I would not consider them otherwise. I come from a sports background and root for the New York teams. Does having a city-based team
1: matter to you? Uh, I mean, when we went to that Call of Duty thing, I definitely was, like, rooting for the Minnesota rocker. But I guess as someone who never really followed sports I and also didn't have, like, you know, back when I used to live in Nebraska, we didn't have an NFL team. Like, we didn't have a, a as far as I know, we don't think we have an NBA team. So it's like regional sports didn't really click with me much yeah so i don't have like and even in minnesota i'm a bit of a transplant so it's not like i'm suddenly you know into the vikings or whatever but um uh, you know it is it like when you're watching a new thing it helps to like okay well i'm gonna default to rooting for these guys because like this is however tenuous this is my a, 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 you know attachment to them right yeah it's a helpful uh, starting line yeah
0: for sure yeah i think you glossed past it but yeah we didn't really talk about it too much but yeah we went to the call of duty league um uh, mm-hmm. big Launch event weekend here in Minneapolis. That was in, in Minneapolis, kind of in honor of the new team called the Minnesota Rocker, R O K K R. We made a YouTube video to kind of show off what that event was like and to tour the headquarters and which stuff. It made me laugh. Really? Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's a very. <laughs> Put it, that in the description.
2: Made Kyle laugh. Stamp him I, dude, I do. I do jump deal. into like those videos that I'm not involved in, and I'll be like,
0: "This is funny." <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that. You're like Jeff. Um, that tabletop review had a couple jokes in it. Just making sure you guys know that they, you're oh, making jokes. Did? Okay, oh, good. good. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, what was your take on that event overall, Cyril?
1: Uh, I mean, I've I've been to like, a couple things. Like it, it's, it feels similar to even I've gone to like the the world finals. So the I, I don't know. I don't remember what it's called. Like the. I don't want to say it's a Call of Duty League, but it's like one of their finals from previous years I've been to. Sure. So it's like it felt very much in that um, uh, vein. But it was weird because I'd gone to the armory before for like a, a Tyler, Tyler, the creator concert. So it was weird seeing this diff- very different thing in the same venue. Yeah. But it was like it was like a it was fun to like be around um, people who were also watching like any sport which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Did you like,
0: get into the matches or was it kind of like, oh, this is really tough to follow, but just the enthusiasm of the crowd is infectious?
1: It's a li- It started off that way, I think. Once I got used to the... Um, to what was happening? It took a little bit. You, have, you kind of have to learn how to watch this stuff. Yeah. Uh, so by I think by the end of my time there, I kind of figured out like what what I should be looking at on the screen at any given moment, and how to read like you know a lot of the interface that they have on screen. But you know, I, I enjoyed myself. It's like a you know the crowd was definitely like a bigger factor. I don't know that I would have watched it if I were just watching at home. I think that yeah, the live environment definitely helped.
0: Yeah, it was fun. How did how did our team do? They did well. They won the first. Uh match. They,
1: they, I think yeah they won the first match I want to say they ended up losing but uh, I don't remember super late I left before the match was over but that was just I mean they were kind of held up because you know events end up going super late especially when it comes to esports stuff so yeah, I ended up having to leave
0: yeah how about you stop asking so many questions
1: oh, okay. anyways Gio <laughs> Binogi
0: says so I was just wondering do you guys prefer parties of three or four in your RPGs personally I prefer groups of four I feel like I can get to know so many more characters and it helps with the amount of variety in the group With three in a party, I always feel like my group is lacking something. I prefer three, but I think that's just from starting with Final Fantasy VII. And then I really, I was really second-guessing myself. I'm like, I remember nine has four, but it's weird that it goes, like, three is a mainstay for that era of Final Fantasy, and it's like, they go four for nine, and they go back to
1: three for is ten.
2: is like they're four and six. Right? Is it? I think yeah. is it I four and six? Yeah,
1: yeah. I want to say for most of that Super Nintendo, yeah, because it's like a, that iconic, like four right. characters. Yeah, on yeah, the side yeah.
2: yeah.
0: And then it's weird. Then thinking about that dev team, then when they move on to Chrono Trigger, then they go down mm. to three.
2: Yeah. Pick a I, lane. I want as admit. I don't like kicking people out of the
0: party. I don't like. It makes me sad that they're just want everybody to jump in there. Yeah,
2: yeah. Blue That'd Dragon nice. style,
0: <laughs> or t- every fight takes like a thousand years because you got to pick eight attacks <laughs> or something. Yeah, boy. Uh, Jason Kelly says, I recently jumped into Final Fantasy 14 because I wanted to see what all the hubbub was about. I'm pleasantly surprised by how overwhelmingly nice and helpful the community has been. People are always willing to help clear low-level or early-game content when the queue times get rough, and every time I've had a question about what a certain term means or for tips on how to play my class better, I've always gotten super helpful and polite responses. My question is, not counting the beautiful MinMax community, what is the best experience you've had with random
1: strangers in an online video game? Mm. I think for me mm. it's usually been like Proving people wrong <laughs> uh, So like you know Just I think I on fools Well no cause it's like people on my own team Cause like uh I think I've told the story before of like, I, I play techies, who's a character that people, a lot of people hate. So every time you pick him, people will say, like, well, we've already lost. This sucks. Or like, they'll start basically, you'll start the match at a disadvantage because your team hates you. But there was like this team of like, guys, like, I'm going to play defensively. We have a, a specter on our team who is like a, a defensive character as well that I can help. Um, but they were like, yeah, you're not going to do, we're just going to count you out of the game. Like, we're not going to, we're going to pretend we only have four, four people in this party. And very slowly over the course of, you know, 85 minutes. Uh, I I was like the person who was holding and defending the base by myself while everyone else got strong enough. And then we turned the game around. And I was like, all right, you know what? You proved this wrong. Like, And it was like the first time people admitted that they were wrong on the internet. Uh, wow, you were there for yeah, that. Yeah, it, it was a historic moment. So yeah. they were like, look, we doubted <laughs> you, but all right, you turned this around. And then in Gears of War, there was one match where, um, in the first Gears of War, where I was taking a bathroom break because I thought the game was over, but we actually had one more round. And I came back and my entire uh, team was dead and everyone was li- like was like what do you do you're not even moving and i ended up winning that round for us like solo like single-handedly and it was you could hear them like he's not gonna do all oh, my like they started getting super excited for <laughs> yeah. like cool. and when i killed the last guy everyone like they all lost their minds in the team <laughs> chat and it was like yeah i did that i i took that bathroom break and then came back and won
0: <laughs> so the best thing about playing with other people is you're cool yeah, that's right. Being well, a total
1: breakers. <laughs> just no, ha- no, just having great. those experiences where it's like you know the one of a kind moments that can only happen in multiplayer games. Yeah, so absolutely. The odds are against you. And yeah. You're on yeah. top. Yeah.
3: Uh, to ac- to answer the actual question though, <laughs> Not brag about your yes. prowess. <laughs> uh, I would say like every Dark Souls game, like like whenever obviously people can come in and murder you, which is terrible, or lead but, you astray. But anytime. Anytime that you can ask for someone to come in to help with a boss, like that mm-hmm. is such a relief. And they're always super nice about it. And they wave to you after they totally kick the boss's ass for you. And that, <laughs> that is always such a nice help in those games. Yeah, yeah. You know,
2: that, yeah that's a good answer. I didn't thought that, but like, I took someone in with me to beat the final boss of Dark Souls 2. And like the person was like, congratulations on beating Dark Souls 2. And it was very sweet.
0: That's yeah. nice. Brady E says, hey, everyone. Hope you're all having a fantastic week. Hey, Jeff. How are you specifically? Good.
2: Great. Oh, trick question.
0: Uh (laughs) Anyway, here's my question. What's wrong with Jeffem? No. What's the best type of barrier in video games and why? Invisible walls, sheer cliff faces, piled up junk, bottomless pits, never ending oceans, a random message saying you'll die in 10 seconds if you don't turn around? What's your preferred way of being told you're at the edge of the game
1: world? I like a good invisible wall mixed with when you approach mm. it, a war- like a no sign basically pops up. <laughs> oh, like the a- fade in? Like we- yeah, yes. so when it's like, hey, you're here and here's like the stop sign that says don't go any further. Right. That's, the- that's really immersive. I and love then you that. like run in place on the streets running up against yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. great. Uh- love <laughs> video games. I
2: wrote an article for a, game for a while ago that was like, it was kind of like a tongue-in-cheek kind of silly fun you know something Mm -hmm. like jeff would write but not as good you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) i wrote it is is what i'm getting at about (laughs) barriers in games like this it was like and it was like yeah there's you always got the pile of furniture and the stairwell and the invisible barrier and like i was putting together images for it and like i legitimately couldn't come up with anything for invisible barrier like i don't know is there a good screenshot of that i was like oh, i guess i'll just leave that one blank and then like after i posted everyone in the comments was like oh brilliant the visible barrier doesn't have a, a image because <laughs> it's funny. invisible, and I was like, "Oh, uh, yes, <laughs> that <laughs> available is, for That is What I was
0: going for, <laughs> uh, but I, uh,
2: the answer is uh, piles of furniture in the hallway. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but Obviously. even in an open world game, just a huge pile
3: of furniture <laughs> around
2: the edge of the world. <laughs> just like whenever there's an, a, an, a catastrophe, everyone's like hurriedly like moving out of their apartment, but then they yeah. just like give up partway through. I mm-hmm. do the mm-hmm. context
3: is. I like the uh, swimming out too far, and then you like get eaten by sharks oh, or some other danger? Yes, yes, you're because right. Because that kind of makes you push your luck or makes you worry every time of, like, am I too far out? Right. going to come eat me? Do you like that thrill of just, like, seeing
0: water there and being like, can I keep swimming? Mm-hmm. Or is it going to cut me off at some point? You yeah. don't feel like that's a waste of time when you swim
3: out there and be like, okay, there's an invisible wall, oh, but they
0: put it by the water at Truman Show yeah. style, assuming you won't go out yeah. there. it's
3: always a waste of time, but <laughs> someone should do the Truman Show thing where if you if you swim out far enough, you just hit into a wall. Right. It makes like a clunking noise. Yes. blow my
0: mind. And then, um, what's it what was the actor's name? Then you drop. Uh, he's Ed
4: Harris. Ed yes,
3: Harris. Yes, then Ed Harris starts talking to you. This is playing the Please, entire Please turn around.
0: There's nothing Don't out there, now. Truman. By the way, Truman Show, great movie, but when he uses the magazine cutouts to make like a perfect representation of this woman he remembered... <laughs> It's a bit much. Like, you look at that. I know it's a movie, so they have to make it look close. But I dare you to try and cut out magazines for the next 10 years to look like your wife. Somebody whose <laughs> face you know very well. You <laughs> cannot get anywhere close. Well,
3: I'll leave it to the community to cut out uh, a picture of you. Oh. And turn oh, it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. Yeah, send it to them.
0: Cut me, community. Cut me. Sonic SonicTT1 <laughs> says, what's your favorite software for writing? Do you know of any colleagues that use strange, interesting writing setups? How do you guys write those things you do? Uh I mean,
2: I use this Word, which is a boring answer, but I do... What's l- wrong
0: with Google Docs? Why do you use
2: Word? Well, I actually haven't used Google Docs more lately yeah. as I jump between careers, but I, it's like very simple, but just like Mac uh, notepad and then like opening it and uh, command shift T to just remove any like um, formatting of any kind. That's what I use to, like... That's when you j- copy
0: and paste other people's articles? That's right. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, but I But I just,
3: like... Having... It automatically deletes
2: their name on it, their byline. <laughs> but I just... I like having a, a document for, like, just writing notes and things and just, like... Not, not like, the finalized version, but, like, I'm not gonna... Like, because, you know, Word is can sometimes be complicated or it's, like, it'll start, like, oh, you're making a list. Let me throw some bullets in there for you. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to get words down. And so Notepad with, like, just plain text is
1: helpful for me. So yeah. that's kind of what I do usually to get started, mm you know? smart so use google docs and I, I think for notes i usually use google keep just because it's on hmm. my phone it immediately transfers over to your desktop version so it's like you can just take notes forever google wait, Keep. wait really i should yeah. use that yeah for like game <laughs> We've club been and using stuff been, yeah, like I've, idiots
0: <laughs> so i you what can type
1: mean? like i was typing notes on my phone and then i was able to Don't like kind of expound on them uh when i got to my computer and then i used my phone to look at the notes for the Corona Trinker podcast we recorded today oh huh, there we go um michael moran Getting to the heart of the matter here. This guy gets gaming.
0: What is your favorite Smash Brothers taunt? Mm. Well, Luigi's
2: does damage, right? It does 1% damage. Is that right? It's not useful. But Wait, yeah. like his boner yeah. one? What? No, where he like, you <laughs> know, sheepishly... One it... <clears throat> oh, no, 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 where he sheepishly like kicks, kicks, kicks. like he puts his head down. all he, oh, shucks. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I had no damage. idea.
0: I mean, Show Me Your Moves is such a classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like
2: that is... I don't know everybody's, honestly. Like with the new... The new uh, thing. I always like Mario's growing, but that's gone now,
0: right? That's, I know Jeff Cork is losing his mind, yeah. I like, just going back a little bit, too, I like the fox. Come on! Come on! <laughs> that one always makes me happy. Uh, the Wii Fit
1: stretch is always a really yeah. cocky uh-huh. move when
0: somebody's flying. Like and just
1: bow. They, he does his uh, yuck twice. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. That's Very good.
0: cute. Sam Holden says, how has the influx of Fire Emblem characters joining Smash Brothers? <laughs> how has it affected Surreal's fanfiction? Uh
1: well I haven't updated in a long time <laughs> mm-hmm. but I think I would just murder them all immediately. You know? <laughs> okay, okay. Just, I think Ike would be the one who survived the Fire Emblem massacre. Not maybe March, cause huh? it. You know, who knows? <laughs> oh, here's what you do. He gets a crit on all of them.
0: <laughs> no, you make it so that like King DDD hires Sam as the bounty hunter to like take oh, out these yeah. Fire Emblem characters yeah. one at a time. And and dis- disintegrations allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Encouraged. <laughs> Paul Pop says, Hey, Ben Max and the Min Crew. Sure. Uh, with Sony releasing this new PlayStation 4 add on attachment, do you think this means the PlayStation 5 controllers will have those bottom buttons by default? Will Sony wow us by saying, Your PS4 controllers are
1: compatible with the PlayStation 5? But only yeah. with the back button attachment.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's such a strange attachment that, like, I, I think there's some sort of future proofing going on there. Really? Something. So you would gamble
0: so. that it will have the back paddles on the PS5? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's You seems will gamble like,
2: that. Uh, not with money. <laughs> yeah, right? Well,
1: okay, well, with paddles. Your life then. <laughs> oh my <Exclusively>. life. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, what about like blood? Like not money but just like a pint? Yeah, a pint
1: a of pint. blood. <laughs> For whatever reason, when you started that sentence, uh-huh. I thought it was like, what about like, hey, let's get back on track. But it's like, no, what don't, if why don't we diverge uh-huh. further?
0: From?
1: Adam H. says, I hope everyone's
0: having a great day, especially Jeffum." Are you just adding this to every <laughs> that, that time? <laughs> uh, my question is, how many lives has Mario lost? Throughout the, <laughs> throughout the history of every Mario game ever played, the number must be mind-boggling. Has any character died more than Mario?
3: The Contra guys. Oh, no but way. not even because there's only one yeah. game, yeah.
1: Well, well Rogue Cor?
3: No, those there's, don't count.
1: There's like 6 Metal Slug games and they die a lot.
0: But if compared like... to Mario has to be number 1. Well, cuz he's the most nope. played, right? Ooh, yeah, Super yeah.
3: Meat Boy.
2: Wow. Over Mario A though? single
0: Meat Boy game? No, it's kind of Yeah, Mario. you look at total sales for the entire Mario millions? platforming series versus Super Meat Boy. No comparison. I agree you die more in Super <laughs> Boy, obviously, but I'm
1: insulted by your suggestion. I mean, there's nothing else, right? In, in terms of total deaths, probably not, because it's, like, the most popular game.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's, like, some long-running series where you die frequently, because that's the other Pac-Man. thing. It's like,
1: yeah, yeah, but you die more often
0: in
2: Mario than you do Pac-Man, probably, right? Yeah. Tetris.
0: Okay, Tetris, losing those lives. Uh, Adam off. H. says, side question, Ben? In public, do you prefer strangers to address you as Ben or Hanson or Mister Hanson? Um, Jeffum actually is what I prefer to go by. <laughs> uh, Adam says I ran into Ben Reeves a while back at the Guthrie, which is a theater in Minneapolis, and I found myself hesitating to introduce myself, not knowing if you preferred Reeves or Ben. <laughs> Uh, you made a mistake. You should have introduced yourself. Yeah, just yourself. yell,
3: "Hey, butthead!" Yeah, and he'll turn around.
0: He'd be, hey, cornbread. That's right. You'd be happy <laughs> to respond to anything. Yeah,
1: no, you, feel free to. I feel like on else. first reference, you can just call him Ben Reeves. Like if you're yeah. like, "Hey, Ben Reeves!" Yeah, absolutely, Doctor Benjamin Reeves. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, one time, I was at a brewery with Ben Reeves and somebody, <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Benjamin Reeves. That's right. <laughs> um, Bobby S. Reeves himself, <laughs> <laughs> and and somebody walked by, and and they just walked by our table and they go. Hey, I like your guys' work. And then they just like kept walking and left the brewery. And I was like, oh, I wish they would have come up sooner so we could like yeah. talk to them a little bit and figure out why they like it. Um, <laughs> Feedback. Josh Carmel says, a killer question. What exactly is comic mischief? Hmm. It's always something we've seen forever on game ratings. But what exactly is it? Sly Cooper is obviously best defined as just comic mischief. But why is it a reason to rate something for a specific age? It's just being a little it's a bit naughty. It's does kind that of mean though cartoon
2: violence, right? I mean, it's so, like, yeah. I mean, Sly, Sly Cooper does illegal things, but in the context of a cartoon, it's kind of not is so that bad. what it
0: is? It's illegal things, but when cartoons do illegal things,
2: well, I thought I thought it was like Looney Tunes violence, but then when they brought up the Sly Cooper example, I was like, there's not a lot of Looney Tunes violence in in Sly Cooper. Yeah, it's somewhat grounded at least, but he
1: is a. Th- a thief breaking into does he, things, and but stuff. does he perform like acts of violence on people? But it's just happens to be can But Is there a, a rating car-
3: that's like cartoon violence?
1: Um, Maybe that sounds familiar, Cart- like cartoon violence, or is
3: that just motion picture? I don't know. Is that an MPA thing?
0: Yeah, at some point, comic mischief has to move up to violence, like Fortnite. I could see it going either way because, like, well, they're cartoony. That's why a lot of parents let their kids headshots. play. But it's like, yeah, it, yeah. Is, it is rated by the ACRB just as violent. It's rated mm. T for teen, which yeah. mm. a lot of people are blowing that one. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't know. I'm going to go with illegal things, but done by a cartoon. Yeah. Like smuggling, human trafficking. (laughs) Dropping safes on
2: people. That's illegal. You're not allowed to do that.
0: Well, I think actually... (laughs) Combat human trafficking. trafficking. (laughs) (laughs) Chris Bartlett says, I recently played through The Order 1886 for the first time, and I've never seen a better example of a game that had so much potential but managed to miss the mark by a mile. No, 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 Chris. You weren't paying attention. They have alternate identities. They're also the Knights of the Round. And then they also have other names.
1: Guys, I was going to play the Order 1886 this year and you spoiled it. <laughs> it's not a spoiler. That's I'm a not, basic premise. I'm that's also very not confusing. Play that game.
0: <laughs> Damn it. Uh, Chris Bartlett says What are some other good examples of games that managed to miss the mark by a mile but had so much potential?
1: Perfect Dark oh.
0: Zero. Really? You
1: think that game had yeah, potential?
0: Just for potential for it being in the perfect Dark frame. Like mu-
2: it had some interesting like multiplayer ideas that I yeah. thought would become standards in other shooters.
0: Like not before. having fun? Like not having mm-hmm. fun.
2: <laughs> or like the, the 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 levels changing size depending on how many people were playing and like the one that I always think of is like you dictate like I always want the the bad guys that I'm shooting to be colored red. And so, like, yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. has, like, actually, like, an ultimately unique view on the battlefield. So, like, it's never, like, Halo where you're like, wait, I'm blue team now? I've been playing red yeah. team for the last hour. So, I would say that was kind of just, like, a small touch. I yeah. mean, I don't think it's the best answer to this question because it's not, like, these, these weren't things that I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to change shooters. And it didn't. It was just these little tiny things. I was like, oh, that's a smart idea. I bet yeah. I'll see that again. And I, I haven't really seen it. Eh,
0: yeah. Not so much. yeah. Uh, I think of Paper Mario Color Splash. Like, I love those <laughs> original <laughs> Paper Mario games so much. And that game's like, oh, that Color Splash looks so good. It has so much charm to it. And then the battle mechanics are like literally a waste of time. (laughs) There is no advantage to battling. It just makes you do that. And every NPC is a toad. It's just like... And you don't like the toads? (laughs) No, not six thousand of them. One toad in the game. I
2: I have a a distinct memory of you just
1: Seinfeld yelling,
2: "I don't ever want to talk to a toad again," (laughs) which is just just like always sticks in
1: my head whenever I see toad. (laughs) That game, man, it's so So, frustrating. The 3DS Kidikers game, I think. Oh, the oh, there, yeah, like, oh, there yeah, could yeah. be a pretty good game under there if the controls weren't complete garbage. And they had to issue like a stand or something so you can play that game one like two handed or whatever soccer I wanted you to do. Can they port that
2: to Switch with just dual analog controls?
1: I mean, uh, they can change a lot of that
0: game. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that'd be so fun it'd be to retool that. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys see this rumor, by the way? I meant to talk about it last week, but let's see, it was there was somebody some some smart person on the internet with some hot sources. And they were the person, and the only person that said, hey, Keanu Reeves is coming to Cyberpunk. And everyone's like, okay, buddy. And then when those revealed to E3, everyone's like, wait a minute. That person has some sources from Nintendo that, first of all, a new Metroid game's coming this year. I did hear about this. That's yeah. 2D, yeah. and it's going to be related to Fusion, like a sequel to Fusion or a reboot of Fusion.
2: Yeah, which I'm into that rumor because Samus Returns ends with a, um, like a hint of the future. Like it's, right? it's a little bit of a... Um, uh, teas, yeah, and so I, I bet Mercury's team is working on another, yeah, T one, which I think would be great. That because is I like super those guys. exciting yeah. for
0: sure. Um, but then the other one was that Nintendo is going to be announcing a new Paper Mario this year, which is like okay, sure, see that, yeah. I'm excited, but Color Splash Port,
1: <laughs> oh my Color God, Splash no. two more Toads. <laughs> Now All you play toads. as a Toad. Your All party toads. members are a Toad. The, the menus are a series of Toads. <laughs> no, but with, Frogs in it. <laughs> <laughs> with the addendum
0: that they're going back to the roots. Oh, like a remake mm. maybe. They're, no, they're actually making it like a good. meaningful RPG. Yeah, they're actually making them good again. Mm. Uh, I would argue great <laughs> This again. one's good just on the back of the box. <laughs> but that is... Oh, if that's true and like it seems like a decent source at this point, that could end up being... One of my favorite games of the year. Yeah, it could also yeah. mean
1: a Switch port of Thousand Year Door, which would be pretty cool.
0: I would honestly take that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fantastic. If it's a remake, yeah, of either of those first two games or they bundle it together somehow, but that'd be decent size. But, God, here's hoping, huh? Yeah, I'd love both of those things. God damn.
2: The Metroid one would be surprising to me, just considering, like, what? I have Metroid on the mind right now because I'm playing Prime, but, like, yeah. it's... like. I don't know what to expect for the future of that series. Like, we know Prime 4 is coming, but we don't know when. There's that rumored, like, you know, the Prime bundle coming to Switch, which is, like, supposedly done is the rumor. Yeah. And then, like, maybe another 2D one is, like, it's good, but it's it's just all up in the air right now. There's, like, nothing
1: concrete. Yeah, we, we have so little idea of what Nintendo is doing this year. I think the only, like, we have, it's Animal Crossing and that Pokemon DX yeah, the DLC. Uh, remake is, like, the only thing they have slated for the year
3: Everything well else.
0: well bayonetta 3 Have they said 2020 i don't think they've said 2020
1: for bayonetta. is that right yeah it's so right. we have like bayonetta we have Metro Prime point four we have like so sequel breath to breath of, of the wild, wild that yeah. we don't know that yeah i has been a
2: lot in kentucky rod zero tv edition that's there well
0: yeah. i think a, <laughs> a couple weeks ago on this podcast didn't they confirm that mario odyssey 2 is happening this year? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it was
1: it was Breath of the Wild 2, actually. Even. Yes. I, there was I'll someone who was really adamant about it. I don't know. It's it, it's some cook like talking about how you know making insane predictions about Mario. Fool. Uh,
0: Seth Walker <laughs> says, "Hey, Ben and crew, with all the classic franchises of our childhoods—Star Wars, Star Trek, Twilight Zone, Transformers, etc.—becoming more and more divisive with every new installment or iteration. Are uh, we that angry about the new Twilight Zone? I was a little bit disappointed, but I wasn't angry. Anyways, uh, what do you think it would take?" For someone new to come along and capture the hearts of a generation, the way the above, above mentioned franchises did in their golden ages. I mean, so those it,
2: kind of exist. We're like they're just for a new generation. Yeah, like it turns out we're just not young. Yeah, I mean, there's stuff that my kid loves that like she will grow up with and like really. What's
0: your kid Star Wars?
2: That's a good question. I you know probably
0: I don't know Frozen.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe something like that. Like, she's not a big Frozen fan. But, I mean, there's something that hasn't come along or, like, I don't realize that she loves as much as she does that when she's older will be, like, a big deal to her. And I'll be like, oh, I didn't know you loved that as much as you do.
0: Spiker Mice Uh, Mars. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I also, she I also loves feel like Michael
1: mice from Mars. <laughs> I also uh. feel like uh, there are just way more things now that yeah. like oh, nothing yeah. can dominate your attention the way Star Wars you know captured a, a generation of people yeah. because it's like you know what what else was there really in terms of those kinds of franchises? So now it's like you know your daughter just like you know maybe into Frozen but she's also like watching a lot of YouTube you know or like yeah. she's splitting her time so much more thoroughly mm-hmm. that it just feels like no one thing is going to completely take over her life, right? You know what actually is one uh, is I think
2: Steven Universe. Moving forward, oh, interesting. I think that we, like we'll, is going to be looked back on like fondly, and will be ahead of its time. And like as we get older, like that will be like the next generation will look at that show and be like, that show was amazing.
0: When know? are they going to start the Steven Cinematic Universe? There's been a movie. Okay. Uh, Chris Logan says both the video game industry and the Hollywood industry have been very keen on remakes in recent years but the reaction from consumers seems to be radically different with video games most of us are more than willing to pay good money to experience old favorites in new ways meanwhile hollywood is criticized for rehashing popular material people complain that hollywood must be out of ideas but they are just cashing in on nostalgia rather than using the same resources to create new stories but couldn't these same complaints apply to video game remakes why do you think remakes are received so differently between the industries it's an excellent question. Yeah. I,
1: I think it has a lot to do with, like, video games are software. And so, like, they even, like, old, old retro games are, like, retro in the same way that Windows 95 is retro, is that there are a lot of usability issues where it's like, okay, right. there are things I would like to see fixed about, you know, this old version of Windows that they apply to new versions. But there's also, like, this tenure of, like, well, it's also, a, like, an idiosyncratic, like, creative experience, right? Like, the original Kodor, uh, for example, like, the reason you want to remake of that isn't necessarily so, like, to tell a new story it's because you want to play that game again but going back to it is difficult because you know it'll have like yeah, usability issues it's not
0: like hey the new little women film is more convenient than the other yeah exa- <laughs> little
1: exactly women it's faster yeah. loading in that new little women yeah uh so i think that's a lot of it is like i, I just want to play that game again but it's hard to go back it's harder to go back yeah. to video games than it is to go back to yeah movies. you're
0: right it's, is, the, is the convenience oomph
1: yeah right you know i love this question because i was
2: thinking about it um that that Pokemon movie is coming out. That is oh, like yeah. a CG remake of the 2D original Pokemon movie. And I was trying to think, it's like, has anything ever happened like that? Like in terms of like going 2D to 3D, like full remake of a film? Because that feels almost like a video game
3: remake uh, as opposed to like a film remake. Well, yeah. Every Disney movie from the past three years? Yeah, I guess like Lion King. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, but... That's like it's, almost the opposite. Well, I mean, it's, it's
0: like... But Lion King is, I think, the perfect example. It's mostly to live
2: action. Right, yeah. but yeah. Lion King is but,
0: just the animated...
2: Yeah. It's, That's just an, it's so funny that we still call that animated. That's a lot. That is... Or we don't call it animated. Right. That is absolutely an animated film. Yeah. But yeah. I, was, I was also thinking about it as like, would I like to see Toy Story 1 like <laughs> redone in the latest Toy Story sort of tech? Yeah. Like they don't change the dialogue. They even use the same dialogue, yeah. same cinematography. Like, would that be cool? Like, would it be fun where they could actually focus the camera and have, like, better shadows and stuff? Because like, that was the thing. They couldn't, they couldn't put things out of so focus in the original to do Toy it. Story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it would take years probably. But, like, I was wondering just as a consumer, like, would I be excited about that? Would I want to watch that? Like, Toy Story, the original Toy Story mm-hmm. in a new engine, I guess you could say. I don't even right. know what you would call it. Like, would yeah. you want to watch that?
0: I don't know. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want Pixar to do it. I wouldn't want them to waste their resources on that. Sure. I, yeah. Look, let's get some other studio to yeah. to take care of that. Wherever John Lasseter went, to <laughs> Sky Dreamworks, or whatever. I think. No, no yeah, no, you're no. right. I think Sky. Yeah, yeah. have them do it. <laughs> yeah, sure.
3: <laughs> yeah. Either weird outside. I think project. the other aspect coming from the film, you know, side of it, as opposed to what in or in addition to what Surreal was saying, was that yeah, it is it is the performances that are being kind of overwritten and like yes. and performance acting performances by and large aren't going to get better you know mm-hmm. and and especially when it's stuff that you saw when you were younger you you're just as emotionally invested in the actors who were playing those characters and the performances that they gave and that's not something that really gets Rewritten too much with video games, and it, I think that may be something like when we're getting to now, like the Final Fantasy 7 remake. You know, like time period of remakes yeah. where if you start, if you start kind of reimagining people's voice, what, like what the voice actors, if you're starting to replace those, people may be a little more touchy about it, or right. or like when they talk about, well, you know, the character shouldn't be like that, you know. That I could see that start it start to creep into video games more. Yeah, in terms of that, right? But, but there's not stepping on. Yeah, too much. You're not on the erasing. Level. You know, Michael Kane, You know, like Michael Kane is that character. Don't how not you erase Michael him? Caine? Right, yeah. right. Tanning Chatham. You know, or Channing, <laughs> Channing Tatum. Tatum. Tanning Chatham. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Welcome to my new Netflix series Tanning Chico that's, that's a good screen name
3: If you want to it grab is. that Tanning uh, I feel like It's
1: already copyrighted I feel like I've heard that mistake Made before But I don't know where uh, It's a stupid name so. It's a stupid name uh, Did you
0: see An SNL Adam Driver's monologue Where is yeah. this him Like trying to relax And he <laughs> yeah. just had that stupid joke That I think about More often than I should Where he said It's only been a, a week How can you think about this I so think about it Every days. day for the last week uh, He said little women a lot of women <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's a uh, speak of adam driver in snl there he did uh one of the commercials you know like leading i'm going to host yeah. this week and the idea was like he walked into the studio and it was like a mess from a party yeah yeah and, like someone and the janitor there was like all right you got to help me and adam was like oh no i'm the host this week but eventually he just gives in and like starts cleaning up and he takes a christmas tree and walks out to the street and just drops it on the ground, and he just goes, oh, "That's where that goes." <laughs> but but he does it like aggressively. I know, but it just made me laugh so hard. Yeah. And I was like, just watching that, just him plopping a tree on a New York street, and just being like in that Adam Driver voice of like, "That's where that goes." <laughs> like, it was so good. It was
0: yeah, uh, better than the monologue. His building, I guess, character now for Adam Driver of just the imposing imposing, <laughs> overly self-serious, yeah. stiff, aggressive guy could pop at any moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. So, anyway. Uh, hey, I think it's time for something I like to call Get a Load of This.
3: ding ding? We need a theme song for it. Have you ever one. listened to the podcast? No. <laughs> Everyone else <laughs> just heard it, you idiot. What's a podcast? <laughs> Do you okay. just play the theme song again? There's this little dedicated sting. There's a dedicated There's a dedicated. Look, these episodes are like four hours <laughs> long. How am I <laughs> I guess I can fast forward to get a load of this? Serial Vasquez.
1: Okay. What so, are we loading
3: up on? Uh
1: so I recently for whatever reason was on the uh R slash Battlefront <laughs> wiki. Or uh, Reddit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that made me laugh. So uh, I like it. <laughs> I'm gonna see. If I and you were saying, it. why is no one responding to my <laughs> messages?
0: No, but I feel it's... like I'm
1: talking to a vacuum. So out this, here. this blew up on Reddit, and so like it was weird because the idea is, I think in the comments people were saying he's supposed to be saying, "Come here." So th- this is a clip of someone playing as General Grievous in Star <laughs> Wars Battlefront Two, uh, and he has this fun little line. Uh huh. I don't know if you that oh, it already happened. saying FU. Yeah, it sounds like he's saying FU, <laughs> but everyone's like oh, if you if you listen to that sound clip going in thinking oh, he says come here. People are saying like that's what you, that's what his line is. It's
0: the dress situation, the color yeah, of the dress. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But okay. I cannot
1: hear the come here. I always <laughs> I always hear the FU. Right, I got to listen to it again. Maybe, Maybe I'll grievous. listen to the episode. Yeah, I can I mean I can send you the link guys, no good. You don't have to listen to this show. Don't (laughs) worry about
3: it. How weird.
1: Uh, Hey,
3: get a load of this. Uh, Did you know that there is a music intro to this segment? (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, this was a tweet by someone named Matt Shirley, but it's spelled sure and then Lee. Mm -hmm. Um, He put together a an unscientific survey, he said, but I think it was still like 3000 people responded to it and he mapped out every state's least favorite state
0: oh that's uh, so geez. good okay. yeah. that's
3: so good uh and so here are some of some of the treasures that he got and so first obviously i checked to make sure that it's accurate i checked minnesota yeah which obviously wisconsin hates wisconsin yes yeah. and that was right so as far as i'm concerned it's scientific from now on <laughs> and
2: just and uh, just to add to that my wife showed me this earlier and she was like what do you think south carolina is and i was like well it's ohio and she was like, "Yep, because it's got it. sports." No, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But living there, there was this thing. There, you could buy like bumper stickers that say, "Go back to Ohio." That, I, it has to be a sports thing. No, I think it's because a lot of tourists from Ohio would come to Charleston, South Carolina, and people would get frustrated by the tourists. I don't think it's a sports it's, thing. It's, Some a, it's weird a weird Ohio
0: immigration. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's very weird. And everybody knows Nebraska hates Iowa? sports teams. <laughs> oh, really? Do you think Maybe. so? I don't know. We'll just. There's no way of knowing, unfortunately.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are the good novelty
0: ones? So it's like, do Alaska uh, yeah. and Hawaii hate each other?
3: Uh, so the freak states. First of all, North Dakota hates South Dakota, and South Dakota hates North Dakota. Right? <laughs> just become Dakota. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin actually hates Illinois. So I thought ah, I thought that was interesting. I thought they would hate us back. Yeah. So I don't know if that means that we're just better than them and they accept it, or if they can't be bothered to hate us back.
1: Maybe our hate hmm. is un.
0: Warranted. I think if the Vikings actually
3: beat the Packers every yeah. once in a while, I they I might hate the us. Uh, the other thing, everything west of North Dakota and South Dakota, almost completely, they all hate California. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and California hates Texas, and but Texas uh, hates Oklahoma for some reason. What I would have said, like New York. Yeah, oh, what then, a beautiful morning. And then Oklahoma and Nevada both hate Texas. So they were, they're going back the other way. Weird. Uh, Alaska hates Texas,
2: which is weird. Well, because it's almost it's the second biggest
3: we're state. We're the biggest right? state. It's oil <laughs> competition. Maybe. Oh, oh that's good. Oh. Maybe. Uh, and Hawaii doesn't hate anyone, he says, doesn't hate anyone because he didn't get any answers back. <laughs> <Hawaii specifically. laughs> but types. then the, other, too busy surfing the to other one that on I thought anyway. was. Uh, funny is that florida hates florida (laughs) just (laughs) just perfect for florida uh yeah so look for that map that it's it's a lot
0: of funny stuff i wonder if that would work on like a video game franchise level like fans of doom Mm. hate this franchise if there'd be any way to like unify what people dislike Hmm. based on the franchise they do like genres might make it a little smaller yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, trans to zone it down. That's yeah. good.
1: That's fun. I probably. think there's there be one map that says that they all hate MOBAs or something. <laughs> <laughs> probably, yes.
2: Uh, so, this is a tweet. What is this from? This was from uh, January 15th from Duncan Jones, who directed the World of Warcraft movie.
0: And Moon. The Moon.
2: Yeah, like well, the World of Warcraft yeah. movie. His claim to fame. His Twitter <laughs> handle is Manmade Moon, uh, which is, is probably uh, better than Manmade Warcraft. But I yeah. thought this was really funny. <laughs> First of all, it was it was weird trivia, but also I'm surprised he was like tweeting this. Uh, so he tweets, Warcraft is still goat for game to film box office." And he says, "I know this is petty, but I don't care. And uh, then he shared a screenshot of the World of Warcraft film has made uh, 439 million dollars. And the Pokemon Detective Pikachu movie uh, worldwide gross has made 431 million dollars. Wow! So like World of Warcraft made more money than Detective Pikachu, which kind of blows my mind. And I was also just surprised to see him like yeah. tweeting that, like, hey,
1: China that bucks. movie
2: that you guys think is dumb <laughs> did better than that movie you kind of <laughs> like.
1: Was the next tweet, and I should direct the next Pokemon movie? That's right. Give me a <laughs> job. Yeah. Uh,
2: uh, yeah I watched
0: that on the Warcraft front. I was debating talking about Warcraft Three. Oh, get a load of that! I don't think I said it. That's true. Uh, Warcraft Three Reforged, which came out this week as well, but I was like I don't to know. just everyone fireworks like. Well, people are upset <laughs> because it's a huge downgrade from what they first revealed. Oh, when they, really? when they re- Announced oh, okay. the game, so it's just another wave of people being angry at Blizzard for that whole thing. But like, even on that cover story trip, they're also mushy about like I don't know exactly how our plan- what our plans are going to be, how many cinematics we're going to redo and stuff. But even like the in-game cinematics and what they showed early on are different now. So. The community's upset about Warcraft 3, but it's still an HD version of Warcraft 3 and the launcher now and all that stuff. But remember when Blizzard was not great last year? It's like, eh, I don't know if we need to talk about that. Mm. Anyways, uh, get a load of this, you guys. Um, Miguel Lozada, uh, this fella, he tweeted a bunch of pictures of a GameStop. And he said, OK, GameStop, I see you. Might be onto something finally. And he... Tweeted pictures of one of those test GameStops, which I believe are in Tulsa, just like Watchmen, um, (laughs) where it's much cleaner, less stuff on the walls, focused on like, okay, here's basically just a bunch of TVs for people to play, competitive games together, split screen, stuff like that, a table for playing tabletop games. GameStop retweeted it and said, be careful tweeting pics like this. Some people might start to think we know what we're doing. I was like, what a weird thing. Calling and then, the like, shot. But that got retweeted a ton. And I saw like people like Corey Barlog retweeted this GameStop tweet and be like, eh, maybe we know what we're doing after all. And so then I clicked through. I'm like, what's this going to be actually like? And just like so many of the responses were just like horrific towards GameStop. But like the GameStop social media account is trying to like reply to them with just silly memes and being like all upbeat. You know, so it's just a lot of people just being like. Uh, okay, but how do you turn this into revenue? <laughs> <laughs> and the person who asked that had an uh, an office like profile pic, and so GameStop replies and said, "Big respect for prison Mike." And number one, number two, you'll see. <laughs> and so it's just like a ton of people were like, like "Oh, okay. underwear gnomes." <laughs> yeah, and someone's like, "If that were so." You wouldn't be begging for the tech trades to try and keep you floating to the next-gen systems that would help you stay in business. Get that Chapter 11 paperwork ready. And then GameStop responds, you think so? Okay, cool. (laughs) It's just like this weird, like, tone to all of these people being mean. But, you know, what's GameStop to do? And I do think it's one of those things of, like... No, oh, I do think those stores look cleaner and nicer, some. and I hope they spread out. It's just weird it all, to be like this social media bravado about, like, pictures of one store. Yeah. It'll, no, it'll, guys,
1: we figured it out. You can drop your kids <laughs> off here now. <laughs> uh, it almost right. looks
2: like a, like a Chuck E. Cheese approach or something. It's weird. Like, they had, like, a picture that was, like, a party. But the thing that yeah. struck me, which was, like, was maybe, an empty table? <laughs> no, they had, like, a, a, a kid mocked up at the table. But, like, the thing that made me laugh was all the chairs surrounding the table were, like, gamer streamer chairs like that was like the novelty of like you can sit in a streamer chair while you you celebrate your birthday which is like (laughs) I guess kids would be excited about that I don't know it's like is yeah. that fun it's like come to
1: my party you can sit in a st- game streaming chair right so at that's that point cool. have they just given up on the like buying experience of walking in and having to deal with a bunch of kids like I need my Fortnite installed on this PC while you're trying to like actually purchase something there and like like, yeah. I can, yeah. I'm trying to help yeah. you with that's your order work. but this kid is crying so I need to go talk to him about Fortnite I think that's a huge obstacle yeah I would like to see how they resolve it so I don't something. mind uh, one way or the other What's it? I don't really want to see it. Okay. All right. No, that's <laughs> fine. Uh,
0: hey, that's it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Min Max Show. We appreciate it. If you're watching it, we appreciate you too. If you're watching the YouTube version, you can always subscribe to the audio version. That would help us in some ways. Leave a review on iTunes, all that fun stuff. But thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm glad you found it. Um, let's see. We have min snacks mm-hmm. going up on
1: Friday I don't know why you're asking me like I'm the one editing the video <laughs> I still have to finish editing <laughs> oh, yeah. it so I'm
0: asking myself and I'm looking at okay. your beautiful blue eyes <laughs> oh okay um,
1: and then we have the deepest side for Chrono Trigger not too late to
0: jump in the next episode is going to be February 12th for that so come join us it's a good time uh, and that's it thanks so much everybody be good have fun let's go